Good evening, ballers. Welcome to the 66th episode of The Step Back. Jehoshaphat Tompkins, <laughs> my main man Jacob Moses, and joining us this evening, host of the Total Basis Podcast and Baseball Life's Kessim Sunday mornings. We call him Spreadsheet Felipe. Felipe Malicio, how you doing, brother? Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. As always, as you guys know, this is my favorite time of year. And uh, sure. uh, we're, uh, we're going we're gonna to take it way, way back today. I can't wait to talk some uh, NBA history with you guys. I'm so thankful that you guys were all on board with this idea that I always had in mind uh, for a very long time. Uh, but uh, I'm not going to spoil anything. This is, you know, it's just, I'm on that show, but it's not my show. Leon, I'm going to go ahead and let you describe what we're doing today. <laughs> so, Felipe is very good with prospects. That's what he does. Draft prospects, uh, uh, projections. And now we're going to take a look back at 2011. This is 10-year anniversary of the 2011 draft. Uh, a where are they now segment. But, uh, you know, Felipe, have you caught any of the finals? Yes, I have. Uh, uh, not as much as I want to, I'll admit. Uh, I usually just listen to you guys and catch up in that way. But I did see game what, – what game was that? Game five. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the one that I probably dedicated the, my most time in terms of all the games. Um, that one uh, was kind of surprising. I did not expect the Bucks to have so much fight in them left uh, on the road. So that one caught me off guard. Yeah, I, I agree. The Suns were really hot. Uh, in the first half, up 16, Booker doing his thing, Jay Crowder, Aiton, and then Milwaukee found some heart, uh, came back. Drew Holiday and and Giannis just went to town on him and and really pulled it out at the end with the epic steal and alley-oop dunk and Chris Paul doing Chris Paul things at the end. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I don't get I I I think I saw a, a tweet uh, from a local radio station person here in Chicago suggesting that Chris Paul looks old. I mean, yeah, he's old. He's probably the oldest guy in the court right now, if, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I'm not a believer about, oh, well, this is not their time. The Suns, this is not their time because they're too young. I'm not a believer in that because, you know, John Cena rules. You know, your time is here. Your time is now. You know, you can't see them. Their time is now. And uh, you, you have to take advantage of the situation. I mean, we've seen young teams win before in any mm-hmm. sport. We saw a young mm-hmm. 2003 Miami Marlins team literally come out of nowhere and defeat the mighty Yankees uh, in 2003 and win their uh, second World Series. Why not the Suns, especially under the leadership of Chris Paul? Uh, it's a nice young squad. All they have to do is just uh, play their game and Chris Paul will take care of everything. But if, if uh, I don't know, Leon, I mean, you've been watching uh, probably more than I have. Does Chris Paul look like he's on his last legs, that like he's probably overexerting himself over here? No, it, it's what it came down to is Drew Holiday making the difference mm-hmm. that two-way player the defensive stopper that he's been known to be he's become a real pest in in chris paul's side and now he's taking away his mid-range game and all of his driving lanes he once he gets the driving lane he's known to pass all the passing lanes are gone and, and chris is just 
they really don't know what to do at, at this point. Booker is going to get his points, but uh, Drew Holiday really, really making a difference. Yeah. Uh, and, and people are, as much as they want to see the Phoenix Suns, because to me, the Phoenix Suns, despite the fact that Giannis is on the other team, I think the Phoenix Suns are just like the more uh, sexy pick. They're the more, uh, uh, especially if Devin Booker's involved, he's, he's, the sexiness just goes up 100, right, with him. He just shows up and all the girls just start throwing underwear at the guy is from what I hear, but <laughs> stop laughing. <laughs> no, uh, but no, uh, uh, but people want to undermine the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, it's not, uh, it's not as flashy of a team, even with Giannis, but they do have some players who have been through the rigors. Um, even though they don't have playoff experience, they've been through the rigors and, and the battles of uh, NBA uh, seasons before the uh, Chris Middleton, who's literally have to work themselves up from uh, afterthought in the NBA draft, whenever draft that he was a part of, to being a legitimate number two deadly sniper type of shooter who can just like like almost like a like a, a like a Clay Thompson almost right. And then Drew Holiday is one of the most underrated point guards in in recent memory. He all he does is produce. Mm-hmm. He's just not been on on good enough teams to really uh, showcase himself. Uh, it's a fun team. Uh, unfortunately, they're just overshadowed by the Chris Paul narrative and the Devin Booker going after TikTok girls narrative and DeAndre Ayton just jumping over everybody because he's such a freakish athletic person. And he's being neutralized by what? Brooke Lopez and Giannis together, maybe? I don't know. It's, just, it's kind of funny, but Bucks are also a good team. And they're, I mean, what was I think it was uh, Jacob, Leon, I think it was last week or two weeks ago when you guys were talking about Mike Budenholzer maybe needing to uh, step away because he doesn't get the job done. Dude, if he wins this championship, uh, <laughs> it's like on everybody's face he, at this point. No, that was it. It was just, I felt that if he didn't win a championship this year, he was in trouble. He was going to be on the hot seat. You know, you get so many chances to actually prove what kind of coach you are. He has a championship caliber, you know, caliber team. And here we go. I'm one win away, man. I, that's what I wanted to see from him. Yeah. Went from Suns in four to Bucks in six. So, <laughs> real now, quick. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's given Phoenix a chance, but this finals has been uh, very entertaining. Yeah. I will say, I, I was very surprised at how good it has been. Every game has been more or less pretty close, come down to the last possession. Uh, KD thinks 2017 is better, but, you know, <laughs> I, won't even, I won't even acknowledge that. A little bit of bias there, huh? A little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but the entire playoff, uh, the playoff season has been very entertaining from beginning to end. Um, I don't know. Yes. I just, I, this has been one of the more, for me at least, has been one of the more enjoyable uh, playoffs uh, seasons and I think it has a lot to do with the fact that uh, it's not the usual suspects that we're seeing uh, this deep in the in the mm-hmm. year there's no LeBrons there's no Kyrie there's no uh, Kevin Durant it's it's a fresh new crop of faces new decade new basketball it's like I like to uh, spew out every once in a while um, I, but I think that's the that, that <laughs> I mean, if you're a real basketball junkie this is this is this the playoff series you've been waiting for for almost a decade now right that the parody that every other league seems to brag about that seems to not mm-hmm. exist in the NBA. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I was looking at Juan Soto. He didn't have a home run. So good. Keep, keep it going. Hey, nobody, yeah. nobody cares. All right. Nobody cares. I care. Right? He's on my fantasy team. He has total basis. Podcast. 
<laughs> but no, you, you no but yeah, I definitely agree though. Yeah, you mentioned fresh faces and and uh, ten years draft picks, and this is a great time to to look back at that 2011 draft. You know, first pick. Some would call it controversial. I mean, I don't. I think it was a slam dunk. Uh, Kyrie Irving. But before we step on that, uh, uh, let's start with. I want to. I want to get Jacob and, and Leon's thoughts on this. Uh, what What is like your overall memory of the 2011 NBA draft as a whole? Uh, Jacob, we'll start with you since you were late to the party today. You, you really, you really want to go there? Uh, yeah, if you could. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I was looking for a nice, a nice little star. You know, three and D player for this draft. I remember vividly. For the next, I kind of I knew who. Yeah, I remember who Amon Shumpert was. Yeah, but I honestly, I wasn't too happy with it, to be honest. <laughs> I, I just, I'll say this. <laughs> oh, God. I want to kill it for Reed. It just pisses me off. Like, I didn't want to kill it for Reed. I wanted that, you know, tough rebounder. You know, this. That's like I said. When you talk about Knicks basketball, what do you think of? You think of the '90s Knicks, the toughness. You know, don't back down from anyone, even the Bulls. Even though you know, you know how that went. And I just felt like he fit that mold. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, three we needed a three and D player, so I get it. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it is what it is. What about I you, Leon? That was what? the year we came off the. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, no, Jacob. Go ahead. Finish up your thought, please. I'm sorry. Uh, I think that was you. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember. I think we had Melo. I think we pulled the deal for Melo. I'm not losing my mind. And I thought he would help in the front court. That was pretty much it. Anyway, you going. <laughs> well, what about you, Leon? Uh, what's your What was your general consensus going into this draft uh, back in 2011? I believe. So, yeah, they were still in Jersey. Mm-hmm. And this was, uh, I think, going to be a second to last year there. I think they moved in 2012, 2013. I mean, this, this team was god awful. Uh, but did, 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 did late in the draft, but really didn't uh, have any. Uh, Someone I I could like target. Mm-hmm. I knew we needed a, a wing score. Uh, I think they just pulled up a deal for Joe Johnson. Mm. And Brooke Lopez was that he was there, and they they knew the move to Brooklyn was coming, so they they were really just kind of lining it up to to compete then and. Yeah, didn't really give much thought as to who to take in a draft because I knew they weren't going to be here long. Is that the Russian oligarch by then? Uh, was he, what's his name? Uh, Prokhorov or whatever the hell's name was? Uh, was he was he already was, uh, I, taking over? Mm, I don't think so. I think okay, I'm just that, asking. That, that was the that was the next year. Ah, uh-huh. yes. but they were. But <laughs> they were. That one. <laughs> but there were rumors of them going to Brooklyn anyway because that's what Melo. Was, was threatening because everybody everybody knew the move was coming. Oh, I see. 
Mm-hmm. Well, let me take you back to the 2011 draft. Uh, all you kept hearing was how weak this draft was, how there's not a lot of good mm-hmm. players coming out of this draft. Uh, but we're going to see that there was plenty of good players, if you scouted correctly, that showed up and would end up having pretty decent, successful NBA careers. The other thing that kind of comes to mind with this draft is um, – let me set up the time here. This is about, oh, I want to say, the hell, maybe a month, I think, or maybe a couple, a week or two. I don't remember. But the Miami Heat mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. not one, not two, but three probably future Hall of Famers, Le- Le- LeBron James, Chris mm-hmm. Bosh, Dwayne Wade, the three amigos down in Miami, South Beach, going into uh, a very uh, gritty series against the Dallas Mavericks. And losing mm-hmm. the uh, NBA title to uh, Dirk Nowitzki and 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 the whatever illness he was carrying at that point, and that is the backdrop. We just saw the mighty Miami Heat lose to the um, to the Dallas Mavericks in the 2011 championship, and you know LeBron he bolted Cleveland because he got tired of losing and wanted to be on a winner. He goes to Miami, ends up losing that first season. Meanwhile, the Cleveland Cavaliers they have the first pick overall, like you were gonna uh, get to at the moment. They get the first pick overall, and they do get indeed Kyrie Irving. And if you guys can, you guys see my screen? There's yep. the, there it is in all its glory. Spreadsheet Felipe <laughs> back in tow here. Uh, this is a very complicated trade. Uh, Cleveland receives the LA Clippers uh, first round pick and Baron Davis for Mo Williams and Jamario Moon. Um, so yeah, they I guess they got rid of Baron Davis for this, right? Is that is that what I'm? Uh, yeah, because he yeah. ended up on the Knicks. Ah, okay. So, so Mo Williams and Jamario Moon are gone, but it seems like Mo Williams would find his way back, I believe, mm-hmm. to Cleveland because that's always his want to do. So we got a 6'3", 191-pound uh, uh, point guard out of Duke, freshman year. Uh, not the consensus number one pick as uh, Sean – what the hell's his name? Sean Devaney? Sean Devaney of the of Sporting News at that time. So what I did here was I took – the Sports Illustrated and Bleacher Report um, mock draft. And then I, I, I realized that the Sporting News one from Sean Devaney was from May of that year. And I kept it up there because I, I was interested to see how difference a month has, a month uh, of thinking about these drafts and about these players would look. So SI and Bleacher Report are from June of 2011. Sporting News is from May of 2011. So if you see some... Uh, funky rankings it's because this all of the ones from the sporting news are going to look weird than than the other two because those were done in may uh with a month to go in the draft so uh really quick uh you know Kyrie, as you guys know explosive score uh incredibly talented he's he's an immediate day one starter uh they were saying that he was going to be cleveland's floor leader for the next decade uh and as you guys know that did not happen i think it was more like six or seven seasons maybe half a decade if they're lucky uh, they'll, they will make, he will make, he will help Cleveland forget about LeBron James. That also didn't happen as uh, <laughs> LeBron James would end up coming back. Uh, the comps were Mike Conley and Chris Paul, according to NBA draft.net uh, value over replacement player. This is a complicated uh, statistic that's used by uh, basketballreference.com. It's the value over a box score estimate of the points per 100 team possession that a player contributed above. And uh, my definition gets cut off. So let me see if I can mm-hmm. get to it. So this is, this is very intriguing uh, <laughs> podcasting here. But uh, to 100 team possessions that a player contributed above a replacement level player, which replacement level in this definition is negative 
as you guys can see, uh, Kyrie is 30 points above a replacement player, you know, because he's at 32.7. Mm-hmm. Ah. Warp. So this should translate into an average team prorated to an 82 game season. Basically, the higher the score here, the better the player is. Um, so the results that I put down here, and you guys can chime in and see how you would assess the Kyrie Irving pick to Cleveland. Uh, like I mentioned, he did not make it through the full decade in Cleveland. And he's currently on his third team with the Brooklyn Nets. He did help the Cavaliers win a championship, but uh, there was a lot of losing seasons before uh, mm-hmm. he got to that point. Uh, what would uh, let's start, Leon? I want to hear from you first. Then you are a Brooklyn Nets fan. You got Kyrie Irving on your favorite team. How would you uh, assess uh, Cleveland picking Kyrie Irving in this in this spot? Well, if you go into it with the thought of him being your uh, franchise changing point guard it's absolutely the right move mm-hmm. uh, even though he did play only eight games at Duke you could see his talent level in those eight games complete game changer uh, dribble is off the charts it could knock down the shot from anywhere I mean it's pretty much argued that he has the greatest handle of all time Oof. Oof. And there's been some really good ones. There's been some really good ones over the years in the NBA, even as far back as the 60s and 70s. And uh, that, that's, some, uh, that's, that's some high praise there. Yeah, and he hit one of the biggest shots in uh, Cowboys history. So, mm-hmm. you know, the clutch factor is also there. Now, what you get from him off the court as far as uh, either attitude or, or his – potential mood swings. <laughs> I mean, it, he's a complicated guy. Uh, I, I like him. I, uh, he does a lot in the community, but I don't think there's any way anyone could have seen this way back when. So it, it's, it's definitely a, he's definitely a game changer for sure. Uh, Jacob, what do you, what, what's your thoughts on Kyrie Irving um, being picked number one? Um, just your general thoughts on that really quick. Oh, no, he's, he's what he is, what it is. He was going to be, I think, the ACC player of the year. He would have, you know, stay healthy. And yeah. he was going to be it. You know, he showed what he can do on the floor at Duke. It was fun to watch him for a short period of time. You know, got you pretty excited. And there was nobody on this board that, you know, at the time, he was it. Prolific scorer, you know. Just hand tight handles. What you see now, <laughs> it didn't change at all. Yeah. All right. Like the beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get to the next <laughs> pick, which is uh, Derek Williams, uh, straight up to the Timberwolves. There, uh, he, he had the size. He uh, could play both forward positions. Arizona. He reminded me a lot at that time of Richard Jefferson. Uh, what about you guys? Did Derek Williams remind you of anybody in particular back then? He... I honestly thought he was more like Namari because he was so explosive at Arizona because he was just unstoppable, man. He was all over the floor and rebounding. It was it was crazy. His motor was there. And I don't know what the hell happened. Well, also, it didn't help him when they already had Kevin Love. They also had Michael, Michael Beasley. Michael Beasley. Mm-hmm. They also hold on, hold on. Yeah, 
I don't know about Leon, but your 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 uh your mic keeps cutting off every time you go off screen. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry about that. I said, but you they had a lot of power. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. All right, sorry. They had a lot of power forwards. I mean, you have four or five more already on your roster. That could have been really good. They really needed another guard to put beside Ricky Rubio and help Kevin Love out at the time. But you know, Minnesota's going Minnesota. And, well, I mean, uh, uh, Leon, I don't know if uh, Leon would you agree because. Uh, one of the mock draft uh, websites said that this was the only logical choice to make after Kyrie Irving. He seemed to be the consensus number two. Uh, Sean Devaney, and in, in back in May of 2011, thought he could easily be the number one. I honestly, truth be told, I thought he probably might have been the best prospect in this draft myself. Like I said, he reminded me of Richard Jefferson. I was a big Richard Jefferson and Andre Iguodala fan. He kind of mm-hmm. had, I kind of had those visions in my mind. Uh, but uh, would you agree that uh, that the Timberwolves made the wrong choice, like Leon, is, uh, like Jacob is suggesting, or do you agree with the so-called uh, beat writers and experts and say that he was a logical choice at number two? It, man, it always goes back to either fantasy or real life. Do you take by position or do you take by need? Yeah. And you look here at the difference between two and three. Who's, who would be your next available guard, you know? And from the looks of it, you know, but the, the next available guard. Brandon Knight, yeah. Campbell Walker, Jimmer Fredette, Clay Thompson maybe, Alec Burks. Uh, and I, I don't think trading down was an option for Minnesota. So you, mm-hmm. you just had to go with the next best player. Unfortunately, it was another power forward. <laughs> and Derek Williams, he was explosive. He was a... The stretch four before the stretch four became like really pronounced. Uh, just didn't get the time. Yeah, didn't get the time, didn't get the minutes, and fortunately went overseas and did some work there. But I, I think he could have been a a more than serviceable player in this league. I also wanted to point out that a rarity you see a, a sophomore t- being taken in the top five of the draft. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's that for me. That was kind of rare. Like I wasn't used to that anymore. I was used to just freshmen getting picked at the uh, early stages of the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, Leon did mention that Derek Williams would find a second wind overseas, but here's the comps uh, according to NBA Draft.net. They got David West and Michael Beasley. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is why it didn't work, right? You get two, when you got two of everything, that's Noah's arc, but that not necessarily makes for a great basketball team. Uh, the Vorp didn't even get to one. So that should tell you all you need to know about him. And where are they now? He only lasted six, uh, you know, sorry, he played with six NBA teams. He last played in the NBA back in 2018, has played for several international teams, including right now with Maccabi Tel Aviv. Um, And that's all the information I had. I don't know if you guys got more info about Derek Williams as to what he's doing nowadays. Uh, No, he he was with uh, Tel Aviv. He just signed there recently, a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I do remember Derek Williams on the Kings for, for a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like I said, he, he was going to be like the stretch four, but, you know, once you get that stigma of, you know, of, of a bust, it, it's really hard to break out of it. Look at Julio Okafor. He can't really uh, 
find minutes or really break that stigma. I, I think Williams just uh, had a bad draw here. Yeah. Is, is he the biggest bust uh, in NBA history? Hell uh, no. No. Well, uh, uh, all right. Uh, in this century, I guess then. Or uh, in the – okay, hold on. Let me make – let me be even more specific. All right, go ahead. In the 2010s, is he the biggest bust in the 2010s of uh, uh, NBA drafts there? Mm-mm. Because uh, mm-hmm. I see him, uh, according to uh, value over replacement player career for this class, he's 26 out of 60. And you would say, oh, that's pretty good. But you got to keep in mind, he was the number two pick overall. Mm-hmm. And to be like this 26th best player in this draft. Uh, and remember, negative two is the uh, the point where you're replaceable, as Beyonce would say. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> that Well, actually, you'd be irreplaceable. No, sorry. Replaceable. Uh, he, it's it's kind of uh, you're getting to that territory where you might have to start thinking about Derek Williams as an NBA, like a big big time NBA bust. Uh, is I don't know. Is that too rough of a of an assessment there, Leon, or is that just or if it's justified to be thinking in, in those terms? Well, I mean, if Derek Williams, if we find him on YouTube and he finds out, he finds our video, calling him a bust. You know, I think we made it. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I, I I would say he had a serviceable career, even though yes, at number two is not what you expected. I, I think you can tell the difference between circumstance and just flat out uh, poor poor play. And I don't think he was a victim of poor play; just didn't get the opportunity. That's a shame. It's a shame. I had high hopes for the guy. I really did. But uh, there comes, I know the opportunity is everything, but there comes a time where you have to make your own opportunity. Although ending up with the Kings is not going to help matters as they too like to stockpile on their stockpile on power forwards. They're basically the, the Knicks of the West out there. So uh, at any rate, that's Derek Williams. We move on to Ennis Cantor, who has a pretty like that. I'm sorry. What? Don't just like that. We actually, they actually have a vision. What the hell they, where the hell they going. Oh, you, guys make it, you guys make it too easy sometimes. I'm like, come on. That's the guy like all the power forwards. You're right. You're right. Ennis like <laughs> <laughs> Cantor at number three, uh, going to the Jazz. This is also a complicated uh, trade. Let me see what happened here. Uh, Utah receives uh, New Jersey's 2011 first-round pick. Golden State's 2012 first-round pick. They're just stockpiling. The Jazz are just stockpiling draft picks, and this mm-hmm. is part of the Derek Favors Devin Harris and Darren Williams deals that were running rampant during that time. I'm sorry to apologize that this right, comment. This was, I'm sorry, what yes. was that? Yes, this was a Darren Williams trade now, but I, because yes, he was going to Jersey in mm-hmm. the uh, <clears throat> with the idea that they were moving to Brooklyn, and that's why he wanted the extension. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. So this is more of the same. All right. So that's how the Jazz ended up at number three. And they chose 6'11", 259 pounder out of uh, Kentucky. And I believe he didn't get a chance to showcase his talents in Kentucky, right? Is that is that how it went down there? No, it was something with his country, wasn't it? It was something in Turkey that was going on. If I remember it, I could be wrong. No, it's like he, he took illegal payments or something. And that's yes, what kind there of... you go. There you go. Sorry. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, mostly a top five pick, although uh, Sean Devaney back in May didn't think he was. He was more like a number seven. But here it is, a highly skilled uh, big man with high motor, which is kind of funny to think of Ennis Cantor with a high motor. Because every time I see him, he's just kind of a plotting 
mm-hmm. guy nowadays. I'm, I'm, <laughs> maybe I'm being too uh, unfair to the guy, but that's the way I see him. He has an NBA body. So for some reason, he's listed at 259 over here, but he's listed at 272 over there. So that, maybe that's just the, the combine weight that he was reported at. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, that number seven, maybe the Pistons had a chance to get him at number seven. He would have been a good uh, uh, pick for them, according to uh, Sean Devaney. Uh, or how about an Kyrie Irving and Ennis Cantor combination in Cleveland, huh? Does that work for you guys? <laughs> Ennis Cantor with the Kyrie Irving? How'd that work out? <laughs> uh, it would have been interesting. I mean, he was skilled on, on, the, on the offensive end. Uh, that was no doubt about that. You knew the kid could score. But it was just his defense, he left a lot to be desired, and mm-hmm. it just never came along. He also had uh, knee issues coming into this draft, so that's mm-hmm. why they were kind of uh, wary of him. So you, I, I forgot what Kyrie Irving's situation was. Uh, what, what was his injury at Duke? Do you remember there, Jacob? ACL. Oh, so you would have had two yeah. guys with knee injuries. Yeah, pretty much. Oof. <laughs> Al Horford is the comp. 7.3 value over replacement players. So uh, even though it's a low number, it's still higher than most. That would put him in this weak draft, so-called, so to speak, weak draft. That would put him at number 13. He's the 13th best player, according to uh, value over replacement player. <laughs> He's played for five NBA teams already. Has just been an injury-riddled career so far. He does average 11.5 and 7.9 rebounds a game. Uh, that's 11.5 points per game. Sorry about that. Uh, and he says he would get killed if he ever to go if he ever to return back to Turkey. And uh, mm-hmm. Jacob, you'll love this. I did not know this. He dated WWE wrestler Dana Brooke. Huh. I did not know that. She could have helped him work uh, work his legs or something. <laughs> you know, the workout play. <laughs> uh, well, Leon, I never knew that. That's, huh. <laughs> Leon, your thoughts on Ennis Cantor with the Jazz and just his career in general? What do you think so far? So, you, you know, the Jazz and well, then Jerry Sloan with the high uh, pick and roll game and always known as a good offensive rebounder. Came off the bench, I believe, for the Thunder. Also came off the bench for the Jazz for a bit, mm-hmm. put up some high um, offensive rebound numbers. You knew so the high motor was in play. It, it just the reason he never started because he was awful at defense. It's mm-hmm. been the story of his whole career. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's for number three. This is where like he's good. He could have been better. Mm. He can he give you some you know a twenty twenty night just based on offensive rebounds, but in this draft he's probably if you do a redraft probably somewhere in the seven to ten range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely top ten. Wow! All right, that's like high remark for a guy who only averages twenty two minutes a game apparently. So, <laughs> uh, but he's effective in them though. You gotta give him that. Yeah, just I wish he'd showed up more. He'd be a really good number two center in Absolutely. fantasy basketball for sure. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to – so not Ennis Cantor, but Tristan Thompson, the number four pick overall. Uh, he's the one who got paired up with uh, Kyrie Irving. Um, kind of a upset of sorts here, but we'll get to it in a little bit as he's a 6'9", 227-pound power forward out of Texas, also <laughs> a freshman. But as you, guys can, as you guys can see – uh, SI, number 17th best uh, player in this mock in, in their mock draft. Uh, Sporting News, number 16th ranked, uh, or, or at least going to at the number 16th spot. Bleacher Report had him going at number nine. So none of these guys had him at top five. Uh, and 
what 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 do you guys make of that? What what uh, what made the Cavaliers fall in love with Tristan Thompson, Jacob? Uh, like I said, his blue collar work ethic. You know, his rebounding was elite. You know, he positioning was there. I would have rather seen them go flip these two picks with Alcee Eunice. I would have loved that. That would have been nice. Wow. But with Tristan Thompson, you know, couldn't shoot, still can't. But at the time, his energy. I guess they thought he would turn into a, you know, 15 and 10 kind of guy mm. and be a kind of a rim protector. He was, he's lanky still, so, you know, it would be a nice rim protector for the team. And there was nothing, I didn't really, I knew somewhat about him, but like I said, I knew about LC Eunice, but, but I had another Z. One Z. I mean, he was right there. It would have been nice. Would you have been happy if he would have gone to the Knicks like they're suggesting in this mock draft, uh, that he would have gone to the Knicks later in the draft? Would you have been okay with that, uh, Jacob? I would have liked uh, – I think I would have been happy with Fareed. But I wouldn't have been mad because then you have a defensive replacement for Amari. Because remember, we had Amari at the time. And yeah. that would have been nice. But – yeah, I just I don't know. I just never really liked him like that. I mean, mm. I I just don't. And he's we're not calling him Tristan Thompson anymore. It's Tristan Kardashian. That's right. Know. Sorry, my apologies. More Tristan Thompson. It's over. Yeah. You lost your name, brother. That's right. Yeah, Kanye Kardashian, Chris Humphries Kardashian, uh, all they the uh, Bruce Kardashian, they all become Kardashians, right? They oh. know what's good if they know what's good for them for sure. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, blue collar player. I think that's what they like about him going to the Knicks. Uh, he needs to improve his free throw shooting. I believe he still needs to improve his free throw shooting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's pretty amazing how these uh, scouting reports, as much as people like to shit on them, they're pretty Spot damn accurate. <laughs> what is his free throws rate now? It's 60, 61% now. So I don't know. I don't know if that's uh, an improvement or not, but <laughs> 61%. I don't know about that. Uh, undersized at 6'9". He's kind of lanky for a guy who's supposed to be a power forward, but he was athletic and run the court. We saw... Uh, that hustle throughout the decade with the Cavaliers as uh, he was an integral part uh, of them winning a championship, whether we want to admit to it or not. I remember him playing against the Bulls and just being just a pesky offensive boards machine. You, you guys mentioned Ennis Cant- uh, Leon, I think you're the one who mentioned it, mm-hmm. uh, being an offensive Windex uh, rebounder. But Tristan Thompson was that guy on the boards on offense, man. The second chance points that LeBron and Kyrie would get would just – it'd be something else. I, like I said, I'd watch him – against the Bulls, and he was just a very frustrating player because he's a scrub. I think he's a scrub, whatever. But he does a scrub. He he literally scrubs the boards, you know, Windex, right? All right, uh, no jump shot. (laughs) Uh, He does have high high upside. He would flourish under a ball-distributing guard like Kyrie Irving, so that worked out well for them. Charles Smith, do you agree with that, Jacob, your uh, former (laughs) Knicks player there as a comp? Fuck Charles Smith, man. (laughs) I mean, come on. Anyway, but in his own right, I can see that Charles Smith was good on the boards, good offensive rebounds, better offensive player. Not by much, but he was a better offensive player. But yeah, that's that's pretty fair. Uh, I'll go with that. Yeah, uh, we mentioned. I mentioned yeah, notorious rebounder. He helped Irving, like I mentioned, Irving and LeBron won a title with him in Cleveland. Uh, he did the switch from shooting from his left hand to his right hand, so that was already a red flag for me when I heard that back in the day <laughs> that he was gonna shoot. Uh, switch hands to shoot. I'm like, that's that's not good. That's mm-hmm. not a good sign. And he dated uh, Khloe Kardashian, which I believe Leon was the one who explained it to me. Like, no, they're not they're not together anymore. But he still fights for her for some reason. 
I don't uh, get it. Over and over. I mean, m- maybe Ben Simmons might be uh, switching hands as well, but uh, Tristan Thompson, <laughs> I-, I think he carved out a nice career for himself, but this is pretty damn high for a role player. Yeah. It's going to be the theme in this draft. The- like I said, I, as much as I don't agree that this, uh, the, the the criticism that this draft gets, this is a result of a, of what people were saying before that this is a weak draft. But but you saw that. Look at this: seventeen and sixteen, number nine at the highest in terms of the mm. mock drafts. He goes mm-hmm. number four. He goes number four for some ungodly reason. Uh, Leon, do do you remember if if there were other uh, players that the Cavs would have uh, were projected to pick at that number four spot back in the day, or or? Is it just a blur at this point? Uh, I would have guessed uh, a shooting guard, but I think uh, they got Mo Williams back and they had, uh, you know, LeBron left. Um, I mean, that was a garbage team, by the way. It, it, yeah, it, it was. It was bad. But if you look at it, I guess – the thought process would be Irving and Thompson. So, and uh, you, you don't want to stick because uh, the Z was still there, right? Uh, I don't remember at this point. It was such a long time ago. Yeah, but it, it's it's a crapshoot, and you look at the rest of the, the <clears throat> pick to follow. Thompson might have been the best one besides. <sighs> Okay. Oh boy, man, that is some high praise for Tristan Thompson. I don't know. Well, we'll we'll see. Well, let's let's go move on to player number five, which is Jonas Valanciunas. I know that he was also a long-term project, whereas Frank Fraschilla would say he's five years away from being five years away or some crap like that. As we now know, when a player is five years away, that guy's never going to see the uh, the uh, floor of an NBA game, uh, as uh, everything's moving at the speed of light. Okay, so I, I'm on the uh, – before we move on, here are the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, roster. Just a few players to, uh, to mention here. And I'll, I guess I'll sort it by points per game. No, let's do minutes per game. Anton Jameson, Anderson Varejao, Kyrie Irving, DJ Kennedy at one point was averaging 29 and a half points. Uh, uh, minutes. DJ minutes, Kennedy. Minutes per game, Ooh. I should say. Alonzo G. Alonzo G. Uh, Booby, <laughs> Daniel Gibson. <laughs> Booby. Anthony Parker, Candace, I think that's Candace Parker's brother, if I remember correctly. Yes. Raymond Sessions, Donald Sloan, Lester Hudson, Tristan Thompson, Omri Caspi, Michael Thompson, Manny Harris, Samardo Samuels, Ryan Hollins, Luke Walton. Uh, I don't want to keep going. I mean, this it just goes yeah. on forever, but it, it doesn't you get You Luke Heron, Grody? That dude was supposed to be it, man. <laughs> the Great White Hope? Oh, yeah, he was. You said, well, well, we talk about another great way. Hope coming down soon. <laughs> yeah, this, this uh, lineup was garbage. I'm sorry. What's that, Leon? You know, speaking of Omri Caspi, he actually retired today. Oh, nice. Oh, did he? Yeah, he, he retired from uh, uh, – he was playing overseas in, in Israel. I, actually, it might have been Tel Aviv as well. But, uh, yeah, he officially retired today. All right, well, happy happy trails. Uh, happy trails. Yeah, oh. 7.9 points per game, four rebounds per game, uh, averaged about 20 points. He, he carved himself a nice little career there uh, as, a, as a role player, for sure. Uh, usually on bad teams, but nonetheless, he survived. So good for him. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas, 
goes to the Raptors. No question about this one. 6'11", 240-pound center of Lithuania. International class. Uh, number four, pick overall. Number three, pick overall. Number eight, pick overall, according to the mock drafts. He's the best Lithuanian big man since. Junas Elgaskas. You guys mentioned him. Mm-hmm. There he is again. It's the Junas Elgaskas. Has a 7'6 wingspan. Uh, can you imagine a Kyrie Irving and Jonas Valanciunas combination? Well, can yeah. you? I could, man. That would have been. been nice. Yeah. Would that have been better than Kyrie Irving and Tristan Thompson? Absolutely. Got him a few more wins. <laughs> if you had the Valanciunas now, not the Raptors, Valanciunas, because he was stuck with Lowry and DeRozan mm-hmm. and – I don't think his game was appreciated while he was in Toronto. Mm-hmm. You, you watch him on Memphis now. Oh, yeah. It's, it's night and day. Yeah, night and day. But the, the idea of it would have been pretty nice. Mm-hmm. One of the mock drafts suggests that Raptors might get a point guard instead of Jonas Valanciunas. I forgot which one, but it doesn't matter. Uh, he has a long way to go. There's a language gap. There's an underdeveloped game that they need to work on. He would have gone with the Pistons. Ben Wallace would have been a mentor. Do you agree with Ben Wallace mentoring this Lithuanian guy? Hmm. Doesn't hurt. No, Ben Wallace was a good leader on the floor. Obviously, we all saw how his career, you know, went down, and it was a great one. And obviously, the play how he played, you got to have communication. you got to be able to do it. Especially on defense, helping out in that team. At the time, they weren't a they were a pretty young team. You know, they all grew together, that whole core. Yeah. And definitely Jonas would have been a nice fit as well. And then he would have helped him out a lot, you know. And Leon, you mentioned that his game with the Grizzlies is way better than it was with the Raptors. Uh, it says here that he was he's not gonna he's not done growing and he has a high ceiling. You think uh we've seen we've seen the uh finished product with Jonas or is there still uh a little bit of an uptick to his potential that has been untapped. I think his size now is pretty much what you're going to get. But like any big man nowadays, they're going to extend to the three-point line. So, you know, anything that adds longevity to your game is going to happen. But this is more or less finished product. Okay, that's what I think so too. But you know, usually, when they suggest that somebody has a high ceiling and they're just improving <laughs> later on in the career, you, you just kind of wonder if there's more, there's more uh, to improve. But it's it's already better than anything Spencer Hawes or Primos Brezhnev has ever done in their career. Those are the comps that NBADraft.net utilized. Uh, so uh, that's an easy one, right? He's done better than those guys, right? I agree. Yeah. Uh, disagree. Yeah. Okay. No. And Spencer Hawes. Well, I mean, he was he was serviceable, but you know. yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, he ain't no Jonas. I'll tell you that much. No, eleven point nine Vorp, which puts him as a number nine best player in that draft, according to of uh, value over replacement player. He's only played with two NBA teams. We already mentioned them, Raptors and Grizzles. He's a thirteen and nine player, so uh, he's a rebound short of a double double for his career. He still plays for the Lithuanian national team, so uh, he's a patriot there. All right, let's move on to number six. As we that's, that's the top five, we're done. So let's uh, see if we can pick up the pace here. To Next, get through these plays. Oh, we got to talk about Jan Vaselli, man. Six eleven, two thirty forward out of uh, where's he from? Uh, the Czech Republic. Um, he could have gone. 
yeah, the two mock drafts had him going number six, and that's exactly where he went. Sean Devaney in May had him going number 20. Um, I guess he doesn't believe in Jan Vaselli, but he was supposed to be a versatile uh, player, but he's a terrible free throw shooter. Um, <laughs> if you look at his NBA statistics, he was still a terrible NBA sh- uh, free throw shooter. So That carries. Yeah. yeah uh, uh, but he could play defense. Uh, he's NBA ready right now. Has his skills and his size. Very athletic. Mike Dunleavy, Andre Karolinko. Bro, if you would have gotten Andre Karolinko at this spot, imagine how much better the Wizards would have been uh, mm-hmm. if that would have been the case. Mm-hmm. But no, he's a but negative. He, Go ahead. He can dunk. He was a dunk. Like that's the thing. That's what I noticed. Yeah. But he he was very athletic. He would dunk on people. But yeah, the s- disrespect to Mike Dunleavy. Good <laughs> lord. <laughs> what kind of nonsense that now this this that's why I like it man. you bring this stuff up because now I can just the cops man that, that's what got me I'm sitting there at work going what I kind of see it I kind of see it if if he ever gets to that point in his NBA career he, he could have been as good as Mike Dunleavy I mean same shoot. stature I mean, same size uh, I mean he, he could always shoot the ball it's just he can't shoot free throws not in the NBA at least nah, that shit didn't work. <laughs> And Kirilenko, and if they're saying that he's supposed to be a really good defender, well, so was Kirilenko. So I could see those. They're a little bit lofty. I do agree in that mm-hmm. regard. But if he is supposed to meet that upside, according to NBA Draft.net, I could see him being easily compared to those two uh, former small forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the NBA Draft, I just remember that his girlfriend got a lot of attention on draft. Yes. Uh, yep. That I do remember. Are they still together? Cool. Do you guys know? Mm-hmm. All right, well, you figure that out. I'll move on. Yeah, terrible NBA free throw shooter. Won the EuroLeague MVP for the 2018-2019 season for Fenerbahce over the Turkish League. Uh, and he once considered himself the next Blake Griffin. Uh, Leon, was he anywhere close to being the next Blake Griffin in your eyes? He wasn't even close to Brooklyn's Blake Griffin. He, he, as a matter of fact, not even Detroit Blake Griffin. So, no. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Yeah. All right. Well, that's Jan Vaselli. Uh, Jacob's still finding out if they're still if that girlfriend is still with that guy. Good luck to you on that. Uh, this is the Bismack Biombo at number seven. Uh, it says that he went to the Kings, but I believe this is uh, the Charlotte. No, Sacramento receives the number ten pick overall in Jimmer Fredette and John Salmons, along with this pick. I don't know. Some some nonsense happened, and I just know that it involved Jimmer Fredette number ten. Uh, let's see what it says. Milwaukee receives the number nineteen. Okay. So, yeah, something happened where the, the Bobcats got Bismack Biyama on their team. Is that, is that mm-hmm. how you remember it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that was it. So, okay, thanks for clarifying. I guess that's confusing for me. 6'9", 243. Uh, that's an NBA body right there coming out of a uh, young guy like that, out of the Congo, center international player. Uh, but as you guys can see, uh, he, there was a lot of uh, variance here. He can go as early as number eight, can go as late as number 17. Uh, we are questioning his real age. We don't know how old he really is. He's the Albert Pujols of NBA prospects. Uh, there's another one that they could see Ben Wallace mentoring him, or he could go to the Suns and be mentored by Marcin Gortat. I mean, you tell me who you would prefer to be mentored by if you're a big center like Bismack Biyombo. Um, but the, his calling card and the reason why he's still in the league, it's his defense. Mm-hmm. defense 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 i mean the fact that he could just protect the rim and just go up there and block shots or whatever that will always be his thing that will always keep him busy in the league seven foot seven wingspan highest ceiling in the draft wow that's leon do you agree with him being the highest highest ceiling in the draft player there wow that's 
That's uh, that's saying something. Um, <laughs> I mean, he could have been the best defensive player in the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that no offensive skills whatsoever. No, no, he's he's lost. He's lost. It's like four and five with the with the offense there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could have gone to the next according to these mock drafts. Uh, Jacob, you would have liked the uh, Bismack Biombo in New York. Hell no. Come on, man. You want that what? defense, that tough grittiness? You were just what? talking about that. Well, you don't want it now? No, nah, he would have fouled out every damn game. <laughs> he was wild. Like, trust me, he was he was wild. I mean, he had to get it together, which he did. That was another big contract he probably would have got. I'm glad he didn't get it from us. Mm-hmm. So I'm good. Because he did get paid. Yes. You remember, he that fool got like four years, 70-something million, straight cash. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's crazy how much right, you got. Michael paid. Jordan, though, man. He's, he's... That motherfucker. He has... I don't know who the hell. Like, and that's the thing. For for good as a businessman, he was like obviously best sneaker in the world, I guess. Right. But as running the team, well, he he got he got it now. He, he's getting there. But back then, what the fuck were you thinking, man? Like. You didn't have no help. He's the kind of guy. That, no, I'm Michael Jordan. I know. I know what I'm doing. Do the voice for it. You know how to do his voice. <laughs> well, we're, we're gonna give this kid a chance. Uh, uh, defense wins championships. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go with the championship uh, caliber uh, caliber uh, type of player uh, who could clog the middle and uh, give these other guys some uh, some some space to work off uh, and uh, get the outlet pass going to the other guys. So it's gonna work. You you'll see. You'll see. I sell shoes. I'm the old Bundy of basketball. I sell shoes. Ian Mahini and Adano Foyle were the uh, comps. Um, I, I like the Mahini comp- uh, comparison. I don't know about Adano Foyle, though. Uh, but here it is. Negative 2.4 <laughs> Vorp uh, among the worst on the list. Uh, I, where does he rank that? He is the 53rd worst player in this draft, according to Vorp. And that's in- – yeah. And actually, he's the second worst if you if you take into consideration that one, two, three, four, five, six guys never actually played in the NBA in this draft. So, fifty-four players put in some minutes in this NBA uh, career. Bismacky Biyombo is ranked number fifty-three. So that should tell you all you need to know about Bismack Biyombo as the defense is not traveling. Uh, like you mentioned, he's probably falling out every game. But to my surprise, he's still in the league, still with the Hornets, uh, formerly the Bobcats, because, of, well, you know, I got to pay the guy. He's, he's a good, he could play defense, clog the middle. <laughs> he can clog the beehive there. Okay, so that's Bismack Biyombo. How come, how come there's no Shaq in the Fool for Bismack Biyombo? You know, how come he never makes it? Is it because he doesn't play enough there? Yeah. Well, he plays. No, no, it's not enough minutes. And it, he did shoot. A three-pointer this year hit the side of the backboard. <laughs> wow! Damn. Uh, PG there. Yeah. That's, yeah, ter- that's terrible. That's terrible, Ernie. <laughs> How the hell is he gonna still be in this league after all these years, Ernie? I don't get it. Shut up, Chuck. <laughs> Shut up, Chuck. You're, you don't have any championships, Chuck. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm talking to myself here. Uh, Brandon Knight. Uh, he, he, this guy was my dark horse uh, pick at one point. If you find my blog from 2011, uh, you, you know, you could see Felipe making a complete jackass of himself as I was hyping up Brandon Knight back in the day, but I'm more mature. Yeah, he was, he was supposed to be really good. I mean, Kentucky, they, they, yeah, you mentioned Kentucky and guards, you expect them to be decent, and he wasn't bad at all. Well, he we'll just, see. 
177 guard out of Kentucky. Combo guard. So not just a point guard, but a combo guard. Can play both positions. Uh, number five, number three, number 12, number going number 12. Oh, wow. Okay. To the, maybe to the Jazz. As uh, we mentioned, Darren Williams got traded, so now they have room for another point guard. But that's not what happened. He went to the Pistons, and uh, he's mature for his age, has the speed, the vision, the body control. Toronto, the Raptors taking – you know, if he would have gone there, then what, what, what becomes of Kyle, Kyle Lowry? Does he ever make mm-hmm. it to Toronto? I don't think he does, but he, he was still finding himself in Houston and, and, yes. and Memphis, so – Probably not, but Brandon Knight, he was, you know, he had a pretty damn good career until DeAndre Jordan just ended it. So <laughs> once Jordan put him on the poster, that that was the end of the night. And the, the phrase combo guard is now like curse between him and Eric Bledsoe. So mm. <laughs> uh, Kentucky guards, right? Yeah. Yes. Marcus Teague, too. You want to put him in there? Woof. Jesus. Woof. Hey, he used to kill it in the summer league, man. He used to yeah. give me hope. Uh, the cons were Jason Terry, Drew Holiday. Wrong. We just talked about <laughs> Drew Holiday. We just talked about Holiday and how awesome he is. He does have a positive VORP of 1.5. And I put down that he shows up on more blooper reels and highlight reels. Brandon Knight does because he also uh, got crossed over nasty style against uh, Kyrie Irving in the in – the, uh, rising stars game as well oh. so that's to me that's his legacy and, and he's still, definitely showed up in a lot of Shaq and the fools that guy that guy's a Shaq and the fool hall of famer for sure so they said that brendan knight was the number two best point guard in this draft so that brings us to what arguably could be the number three best point guard in the draft in kemba walker leon do you agree with this assessment or do you did you have it ranked differently back in the day kemba walker his he wasn't really uh, highly thought of until that uh, run with UConn. And that's when his, his stock kind of uh, went up the chart. But you, you knew he was a big-time shot maker. Mm-hmm. Looking back, you could probably say he was the best, well, second one. Um I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm a big Kemba Walker fan. I, I I think he one of the most underrated point guards in the league today. Mm-hmm. But uh, this this was actually right, and you know what? For all the crap Jordan uh, took, this was one he actually really? got right. He, he did, yeah. Uh, maybe you know he kind of walked into it. But remember, this is the same guy who picked Bias, Bismack Biyombo at number seven too. So Adam I don't Morrison know what, too. I'm sorry, who? Remember he oh, Adam, Adam Morrison. Morrison. <laughs> uh, 6'1", 184. I mean, he's really undersized, Kemba Walker is, but he made it work eventually. Point guard out of UConn. Uh, uh, one of the rare upperclassmen. He's a junior going in the top 10. Uh, mostly going number five. So he kind of fell uh, in, the mo- in the real draft, but going number seven, according to Sports Illustrated and their mock draft. Uh, but again... Jordan had other plans at number seven with Bismack Biyombo. Uh Possibly going to the Kings. Uh, they uh, question his size. Uh, he's the third guard on an NBA roster. Guys, Kemba Walker, your number three guard on an NBA roster. Can you imagine? 
he can complement Tyreek Evans if he goes to the Kings, if he goes to the Raptors. I mean, the guy's an NCAA champ. He's speedy and athletic. Uh, the comps are Tim Hardaway and Bobby Jackson. Guy, if you think that he's the number three best guard on an NBA roster, Bobby Jackson does make sense as a comp. Uh, what do you guys think? I I have mm. to feel like a Tim Hardaway one. Tim Hardaway, yeah, because it yeah. was well, his tight handle, the handles. Bobby yeah. Jackson was a good role player, and you know he can shoot it. But as far as handle scoring, you know, scoring on the floor, anywhere on the floor, doing whatever you want to do, his step back, Tim Hardaway was perfect. Yeah, I, I like the Tim Hardaway one. Uh, Bobby Jackson only works if if he only becomes a bench player, which he isn't. He's yep. currently on his third team in Oklahoma City. Does he stay or does he leave uh, before the season starts there, Leon? I'll start with you. He's, he's leaving. He's yeah. leaving? I, I think he finds a way on the Lakers. Oof. Where is he playing next year, Jacob? <sighs> yeah, I, I, I'm going to stick with the – I was going to say Knicks <laughs> just as a cheaper – just that no, no – Listen, just a cheaper option, so they didn't have to give up as much. But mm-hmm. the Lakers, as they're going to be searching for a point guard, that, that's a perfect fit because Schroeder's not going back to LA. So you're not going to pay Dennis Schroeder than his 130 million dollars that he's looking for. Man, Haters. if you don't get your ass, <laughs> let's move on to number ten. Then yeah, I hate that for... fucking contract. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmer for that. Uh, this is the the complicated trade that we were talking about. Uh, Milwaukee will get number 19, Tobias Harris, but we'll talk about him later. Uh, Milwaukee also got Steven Jackson, Sean Livingston, and Benno Udre in this deal. And the Kings, the Kings end up with Jimmer for that. Is is that correct? Is my memory serving me right? Okay, thank you. 6'2", 196 point guard. There's another one, right? Maybe he's the second best point guard in this draft, huh? Huh? Nah. No, he he couldn't create a dribble for him. Nah, not even. He created his own shot. That was his downfall for sure. Uh, nope. B- BYU, mm-hmm. uh, uh, probably a last of its breed, a senior going in the top 10 of the NBA draft. That you, I don't think we've ever seen another mm-hmm. guy go. I mean, as we do more of these, we'll find out if that's the case or not, but it's very rare nowadays. I know last year when we did the 2020 draft, we didn't see a senior until what? The 20th pick overall, I believe? 26th yeah, pick overall, it, something it was, along that. Very late for sure. So Thanks. number nine at best, number 12 at worst. Was, uh, Jacob, you said something? I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I oh, I thought you, sorry, I thought you said something. Uh, the big story was that he was going to go to the Jazz. Hometown kid returns home and helps the hometown team. Uh, how crazy, Jacob, would it have been for Jimmer being playing with the Jazz every on a nightly basis? A following would have been ridiculous. I mean, the whole you got Jimmer, Jimmer mania. I mean, <laughs> listen, when I say, as you remember, this dude was supposed to be let. I know the comps say Mark Price and no, he was the next great white hope. Straight up Larry Bird. They had everyone think, oh, this kid is going to be great. He can knock down threes. He's scoring 35 points a game. I mean, nobody he technically wants to does. His ass. I mean, hey, he's no J.J. Reddick. Just saying. Yeah, J.J., that's the guy I was trying to think of. Like, who, who is that uh, shooter, great white hope that people like to talk about that – had a pretty good career. J.J. Reddick, that's a really good example. He could have been that, and he wasn't. Uh, this is what, he wasn't. This is what killed me, was that they're saying that he's a good, uh, a good NBA caliber scorer. Shooter? I will give you shooter. Scorer? No. Not in the NBA, but... <laughs> in China, yeah. In China, yeah, but not in the NBA. 
Uh, he's a real he's a real draw, you know, because uh, now suddenly the NBA is wrestling. He's a real draw, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if he goes to the Bobcats, the Bobcats would have gotten the best shooter in the draft. So instead of Kemba Walker, they get Jimmer Fredette. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. How how'd you like to be Michael Jordan? And well, we we fair with Adam Morrison, but we're gonna we're gonna uh, redeem ourselves with Jimmer Fredetti. So Mark, Jacob mentioned Mark Price. Eddie House is the other comp. Negative points, uh, negative 0.4 for players. So he's a negative player currently playing in China where he's averaging what 35 points a game. Is that, is that how it goes? That was the last time I heard him. He was, he was doing just killing it. Uh, you hear anything uh, recent about uh, Leon about Jimmer for that as of right now? No, I, I do remember he tried to make a comeback with the Suns and then the Knicks mm-hmm. a couple mm-hmm. times. It didn't really pan out for him, but you know, credit to him, you know, it, it's hard to. To go overseas and try to even live up to that calling card, and credit to him, he did it. Had a couple uh, cups of coffee in the NBA, but unfortunately, didn't work out for him. I mean, probably still time for one last shot. Yeah, if we could, if if they just uh, let him shoot and only let him shoot, for sure. Yeah, especially when they institute that four point shot that we've been talking about. For yeah, he'll <laughs> get that second or third chance for sure. <laughs> Uh, this guy does not need any more chances. He just needs to be healthy. We miss Clay Thompson. Um, he was a very integral uh, player of the 2010s. Uh, there is no 2010s without Clay Thompson, 6'7", 206-pound uh, uh, swing player out of Washington State. Uh, his draft kind of uh, his draft stock kind of fell. I mean, shoot, number 23 overall pick. Can you imagine a world where Clay Thompson is a 23rd pick overall? I mean, that that's a that would have been the steal of the century right there, right? I mean, it's the same. It's the same world where Tristan Thompson went for. So here we go. Wrong time. No, I don't. I don't know if I want to live in. A, yeah, uh, in that world, Donald Trump's a, a third-term president somehow. Uh, but <laughs> stop talking politics, Bucks. If he goes to the Bucks, that's a team that can use his offense. He's an excellent shooter. I mean, we all know who Clay Thompson is. Everything that in the scouting report came true. The maturity issues kind of caught me off guard, though. But apparently, he got arrested for marijuana-related charges back when he was in college. So that, that was part of the reason why his, his stock fell. Uh, if, if I don't think if in a 2021 world, that would have been a big deal. What do you think, Jacob? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. That's what I was thinking about. I'm like, really? Him so-? He does seem like a laid back kind of dude. He like, he like to took up a little bit here and there, but um, he was another one, you know, his dad is, Dad was a player on the Lakers. As yeah. I always say, you can't run away from the DNA. And, you know, great shooter coming out of Washington. 3 and D. He was going to be the 3 and D player, but he oh. turned it up a notch. Oh, hell <laughs> he yeah. was just everything. 3 and D, he, he turned it into superstardom. And the rest is history, man. That's all and- I'm going to say. Marco Bellinelli, though. Damn. Yeah, the, that's the comp right there. for that, that's, that's a low end there. Uh, that's but- interesting. But uh, what was it? Uh, Jacob mentioned something that that was gonna get to my next point about Jimmer. Uh, Leon, how do you like that Jimmer for Deddy uh, comp uh, <laughs> comparison there? That because he lacks speed, he's kind of like Jimmer for that. Uh... It's pretty pretty damn disrespectful. But I, I will I will I will say this. I I, I think Clay might not have been the same player if Curry wasn't next to him. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, like I, 
That makes you kind of think, brother. That's deep. Well, uh, my counterpoint is that, uh, remember, this is a guy who beat out Jimmy Butler on Team USA back in 2013, 2014. And it was not mm-hmm. just because he could shoot the ball and could score, but it's because he could play some good defense. I mean, at one point, mm-hmm. he was considered a, a very good two-way player. Um, so mm-hmm. he's, he's more than just a Jimmer for dead shooter. He could – right. He's, he was he survived because he could play both sides of the court. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe there is some uh, sentiment to he doesn't get to those heights without Steph Curry. But I think he would have been okay. Um, he would have oh, been no, no doubt. Yeah, I think he would have. Yeah. Go ahead. Either way, too. They, no, either way, too. They it's just like kind of like the Jordan Pippen kind of thing. Yeah, that's... they both need each other. They fed off each other pretty well. You know. You don't get the Splash Brothers without Curry and Clay. Same, you flip it around, same thing. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do like that. It's, but hey, we sure as hell got a great player out of this one. Yeah, one of the best shooters in the NBA history. Uh, Five time mm. All Star, three time champ, uh, 14.2 Vorp. It'd be higher if he could just stay healthy, but that mm-hmm. puts him at the number eight position in terms of Vorp. So moving on to a guy who was supposed to be kind of like Clay Thompson, Alec Burks. A little bit of a combination between Jimmer Fredette and uh, Clay Thompson. Alec Burks was 6'6 six, six, uh, guard out of Colorado, combo guard, another combo guard there, sophomore. Uh, he was projected to go anywhere, anywhere between 6 and 14. He was number 12, so they were kind of right. The experts were so-called experts. Uh, good rebounding guard, has great size. It'd be a great compliment to Kylie, Kyle Lowry if he goes to the Rockets. If he goes to the Jazz, he could use the help at, they could use the help at shooting guard. He's an athletic scorer, but he needs an outside shot. Okay, so in that regard, he's not like Jimmer Fredette or Klay Thompson, but the guy could score. He could be a big sleeper pick. Mm-hmm. Eddie Jones, Evan Turner. Bro, he, t- he would have been a, another Eddie Jones. Can you imagine Alec Brooks? Uh, I, mean, I, I, I think he ahead. is kind of a I like that comparison. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good comparison. But, I mean, the, the, he had the same career. I mean, Eddie Jones, people forget how good Eddie Jones was at one point. Well, yeah, before Kobe he was I don't think. Mm-hmm. There you go. Before Kobe, after Kobe. A, uh, BK, AK, have it your way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> AK-47. AK, the motherfucking K, homeboy. Okay, 3.4 Vorp. <laughs> he became a scoring player off the bench. I think he's still in the league. Uh what Leon? Let me start with you. What was Alec Brooks's downfall uh, to not meeting that full potential that he had going here? I think that it becomes you know, if you hit go into a starting lineup and you perform, but you don't perform the same as you would, you know, coming off the bench, like Jamal Crawford. Mm. You think? Jamal Crawford, you can play him starters minutes. You could play uh, Bobby Jackson starters minutes. You can play, you know, uh, uh, and right now you can play Alec Burks starters minutes. I, I think he, Jordan Clarkson. These guys, you get into a one-track mode here. And I, I don't think it's a downfall. He happens to find a niche and he perfected it. You know, it's so, and, and and some guys are like that. Some guys turn into specialists. Some guys turn into, uh, you know, rebounding specialists, shooting specialists. He turned into a six-man extraordinaire. Look at him, what he did for the Knicks in the playoffs. I mean, he uh, led them two games. 
So mm -hmm. I, I think he carved out a pretty nice career for himself in, in this spot. Uh, I, I say he did pretty well. All right. That's fair enough. But um, for me, at, at number 12, the expectations are risen. That's still a lottery pick. But, uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, he's still in the league, which is a lot better than you could say for most of these guys. I mean, as you're, we're going to find out a lot of these guys in the first round did not stick around the league. Markeith Morris, still in the league, though. Mm -hmm. Big. Yeah. He's a big one out of Kansas. A power <laughs> forward. Junior, another upperclassman. He would have gone anywhere between 10 and 18. He's at number 13, so that's right about right. He's the bigger of the Morris twins. So if you ever want to differentiate between Markeith and Marcus, Markeith's the bigger of the two. Uh, the Morris twins became the first uh, set of twins to be picked in the first round since the Lopez brothers, Brooke and Robin. So there's a little fun fact for you guys. Uh, Philly had interest in Markeef. Uh, he has the higher ceiling of the Twins. Good balance game should help immediately, and uh, I think we can agree that he did help immediately. Uh, Leon, let's start with you. You like this Drew Gooden comparison here? Yeah, that's actually pretty good. I, I, I do like that. He, he was a much better scorer than I thought. Um, but, you know, with any of those, the, the Morris twins, you, you're going to get defense, you're going to get intensity. Yeah. And, and Drew Gooden was actually very, very underrated. Um, I liked him in Cleveland. I, I liked him in Orlando. I didn't like him with the Bulls. Uh, <laughs> so something about the big 12 players just feeling miserably here with Chicago, him and Marcus Pfizer. Um, oh, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like I said, became a, a decent scoring big man. Uh, unfortunately, he is also involved in the Eric Hood case where him and his brother, along with three other men, were accused of beating the crap out of Eric Hood after uh, the rumor was that he said something about their mom and they took they, well, they took it personal. Uh, so, <laughs> that sounds so, about uh, right, though. <laughs> uh, do you have any other uh, things to add about Markeith Morris there, Jacob? Uh, he's solid. He's solid coming out of school. Um, they both were, and he the toughness, toughness gets you a long way in the NBA, man. If yeah. you can show that toughness, you can rebound a little bit, and basically, if you could shoot, like he had a nice little mid range. He can't, he Marcus is the better shooter, Marquise, you know, he has a mid range, but he's more of a, I'll say. I won't say back to basket. He's more of a mid-range guy. Marcus is more of a long-range shooter. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Well, let's talk about Marcus really quick. Uh, he was supposed to. Pro uh, he was a projected uh, higher pick, and Markeith, uh, up, you know, surprised everybody by going number thirteen. Marcus Morris going number fourteen. Uh, rumors going to, that he would have gone to the Warriors instead of Clay Thompson. So, can you imagine a Steph Curry and Marcus Morris combination? I don't think they're the Splash Brothers anymore, but more like the Fawcett Brothers, right? Uh, can help with scoring in the post. So we talked about uh, him being a long-range guy, but apparently he has some uh, post moves that he can uh, help utilize in the paint, but he can also make jumpers. He has the more mm -hmm. polished game. He's ready to play right now, just like Markeith. Uh, even though Markeith has a higher upside, Marcus has more talent. And you mentioned Jacob over and over again. They're physical, intense, good defenders. I mean, those those Morris twins, man. They're solid NBA players. Al Harrington is the comp, which I kind of like. Remember, you guys remember Al Harrington from the Pacers? Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, has a higher value over replacement player than Mark um, than Markeith. I'm sorry, Marcus does. 
averaging more points per game than Markeith. Uh, March 10, 2013, what happened? Morris turns become the first set to start a game for the CNBA, for the same NBA team with the Phoenix Suns. How about that a little bit of it? Where were you on March 10, 2013, Leon? Hmm. That's, a good, that's a good question. That, you know, I'm going to say I'm watching the Suns game. <laughs> uh, your 20s are nothing but a blur. I get it. So are mine. I don't remember what I did in my, in my 20s. Seems like I just wasted it. Now it gets interesting. <laughs> Now we get oh, super yeah. interesting. Number 15 pick overall. Let's see what happened here. So San Antonio trades George Hill to the Pacers for the rights to the number 15 spot and the number 42 spot in Davis Bertans. So we'll get to Davis Bertans in a little bit. But this, uh, can you imagine the fortune of the Pacers? If they would have just stuck <laughs> here and would have believed in Kawhi Leonard, how – yeah, you we're not thinking about Paul George being that uh, – mm-hmm the next golden era of Indiana Pacers basketball, it's Kawhi Leonard. Whether he's still on, on the team in 2021, that's a different story. But I don't know, Jacob, what do you think? He would have made a big difference with the Pacers, right, if they would have stayed pat, right? Oh, absolutely, man. He Basically, you got a more souped-up Paul George pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, now they're on the same team. Defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which is what have been crazy. Like and that's the thing. What are you gonna What are you gonna do? There's nothing you could do with that. I mean, you either he could play the four, PJ could play the three, PJ could play the four, or Kawhi could play the three. Just get a point guard in that situation. It, it would have been real interesting, and the Pacers would have ran rough shot over the freaking East for a while. I mean, even with LeBron be, you know being, they would have gave him trouble. Right. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Uh, but, Leon, do you think Kawhi Leonard would have been this successful without Greg Popovich uh, coaching him in San Antonio? I think he would have eventually figured it out, but Pop definitely gave him the the, the push. Uh, let's face it, his offensive game wasn't very polished in the beginning, much like Giannis's. So it, it probably would have depended on, on coaching at the time. So... I don't think he would have been the same player uh, on the Pacers as he would have been on the Spurs. And this is the Danny Granger, Roy Hibbert, Paul George era. Paul George is only averaging 29.7 points per game, so he's still trying to figure things out. But yeah, Danny Granger was the man (laughs) at this point before he had to cede Mm -hmm. to Paul George. So, yeah, Kawhi Leonard going in there, they would have had to figure something out, but that would have been pretty awesome. But anyway, let's get going here. Uh, let's see if he would have gone to the Bobcats like this uh, this mock draft suggests uh, at number seven uh, they did trade away Gerald Wallace before the draft so that would have opened the door for Kawhi Leonard to um, get opportunities in Charlotte quality rebounder can defend several positions so that scouting report ends up being true uh, if he goes with the Wizards they could use a good wing athlete but you know what we can all use a good wing athlete right <laughs> Huge hands, guys, right? That's isn't that his thing to this day that people just love talking about his hands, mm-hmm. especially the ladies. Snuck that one in by you guys. Versatile, does everything, does a little bit of everything, needs to improve his shooting. You, Leon, you think he improved his shooting? Uh, I think he did all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah but here's the one kicker here. Uh, the fact that Kawhi Leonard can go in the top 10 just proves how weak this draft is. <laughs> <laughs> These guys, man, they're relentless. They are so well, relentless. Well, yeah. uh, Luke Rich- tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Luke Richard Mamba uh, Amute is the comparison. We're going to see that guy show up a lot of times. But Gerald Walls, I think Gerald Walls is a better comparison um, for sure. But obviously, he's way better than Gerald Walls at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. I think only the only thing that – yeah, pretty much the only thing that was comparable was they both played really good defense. That was pretty much it. And lastly, what is going on with them now? We mentioned that, uh, you know, Spurs, Raptors, now with the Clippers, along with Paul George. Uh, Kawhi Leonard has the highest VORP of anybody in this draft class. Uh, Leon, let's start with you. Is he the best player in this draft? Ooh, you're hesitating. Ain't no damn hesitation. I still think it's Kyrie. <laughs> and wrong. You your head. Wrong. Jacob. Leon, Jacob, come on, son. Make, Hold make on. some sense yeah. of the situation. Come, come on, son. You know Kawhi Leonard was the best player in the draft, son. Come on, son. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Two-time MVP. Finals MVP. Uh, right. Just defense. Fine, excuse me. Finals MVP. Uh, probably. Come on, Leon. Come on. Let, let's be honest. Who would you rather start your team off with? Kawhi Leonard or Kyrie? Two-way player. Or fragile point guard beats LeBron. He beat. He beat LeBron. See that? That was the Kawhi. Kawhi man. Uh, it, ain't, it ain't no. Yeah. I can't. Just like, just like Fab said, there is no competition. I mean, one, two, or three. It's Kawhi Leonard. I, well, I love Kyrie too. You know, that's it's my guy too. But let's be honest. Damn sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might have a point. I, I mean, you can't. It's, yeah, you might have a point. There's nothing wrong with number two. There's nothing wrong with number two. Yeah, number two nothing is shit. Wrong with it. Um, Mr. <laughs> and he's also uh, Kawhi Leonard. He's uh, Mr. New Balance. So that's another thing he has going over Kyrie yes. Irving. Last I checked, Kyrie Irving is not. He's a fun guy. New. Yeah. He's a, he's a fun guy. <laughs> about that? You know what? Both of those guys are boring as hell as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Ka- Kawhi and Kyrie. Hey, they, start, they both start with the letter K, though. So that's a good. Oh, Jesus. That's, that's, that's true. Yeah, this NBA draft is brought to you by the letter K. K for Kilo. <laughs> Nikola Vucevic. I forgot that he was drafted by the 76ers. Yes. Mm-hmm. I know that. His rookie card. Oh, you do? How much is it worth? $2? Yes, I do. No. Well, now, maybe yeah. 100 or so. Something no like that. Way. It's close. $100? If I get it graded, yeah. Yeah, you'll be surprised. I'm very surprised. I, I, I kind of want, kind of want Giannis to win the championship because I got like four rookie cards of his. Nice, that's good investment. Go uh, yeah. What brand uh, sure. is the Nikola Vucevic card? Is it a Fleer? Is it a Tops? I don't know. NBA hoops. Oh, okay. Oh, they're still around? No way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Vucevic is a junior out of uh, USC. He's a center. Uh, he really overplayed. Uh, what's what's that uh, term that Randy likes to use about his uh, girlfriend or his fiance? He uh, outkicked his ca- coverage. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah. Well, oh. Nicola, what? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Nicola outkicked uh, his projections here, going well above and beyond the call of uh, of the predictions here. Uh, Bobcats, they need a true center. No, they don't. They got Bismack Biyombo. They don't need no true center. They got Bismack. <laughs> uh, has the size and the skills to match, unlike Bismack Biyombo. Great around the basket. Solid <laughs> big man. Fundamentally sound at True. both ends. He looked better than Ennis Cantor during the combine. Would you have been – I don't know, man. That's a 
that's at that time, but I, I don't know how to even wrap my head around that. The fact that Ennis Cantor might not have been as good as Nikola Vucevic, but you could have gotten a better quality center in the mid-teens of this first round. Uh, Leon, you... Leon, I'll start with you really mm. quick because uh, I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, would you have faulted any team picking Vucevic over Ennis Cantor, I guess? Oh, I, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yeah, that's true. And at this point, no, because I, I, I think Busevich is one of the, you know, top five centers in the league. You know, inside outside game, just as usual. Orlando, you know, centers go to move to greener pastures. But uh, no, I, I wouldn't have faulted if Vooch was before. It's just amazing how this and always ends up going. Like Enes Kanter, I know he has a higher upside, but Vucevic looked like he was the more finished product. And again, he proved himself in Orlando, and he's going to prove himself in Chicago, where with more cameras around him and Zach Levine and uh, Damian Lillard playing for the Bulls next year. Let that one sit and linger. What do you think about the comps there, Wang Gigi and Mehmet Okur? I like the Okur comparison. I don't know about the Gigi comparison though. Uh, I, I like Okor. Yeah, right? Yeah. At 22 point... I'm sorry. Go ahead, Leon. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I, I was still wrapping my head around Lillard in Chicago. I'm sorry. <laughs> You'll see. You'll see. Yeah. You, you, you can't... You, you, you see Levine and Vucevic on the same team. You got to go. Why would you want to go to the Knicks? So your career can die? I don't think so. Uh, 22.4, Vorb. That puts him in the top five there. Uh Buy or sell, Leon, the fact that Nikola Vucevic is a top five player in this draft. I'll buy it. Yeah, me too. I mean, centers are not as plentiful, especially guys like this guy, Nikola Vucevic, are not as plentiful as before. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, he's averaged a double-double in his career, uh, two-time All-Star. He married Sasha Pavlovich's sister. You guys remember Sasha Pavlovich of the Cleveland Cavaliers? He's hard to forget. <laughs> Here's a guy who's not hard to forget. Iman Shumpert, number 17. I want to hear I want to hear how happy Jacob was when the Knicks drafted this uh, 6'5 guard at a Georgia Tech junior. Was uh, supposed to go in the second round, but the Knicks are going to nick, and they pick him maybe 10 spots too early. Jacob, how happy were you when Iman Shumpert was drafted by the Knicks? I'm going to head out. <laughs> but, uh, okay, bye. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but, yeah, he was – uh, Georgia Tech, I mean, if I remember, right? Georgia Tech? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. You know? yep. I mean, he was a he was a tough player. Obviously, it, his defense translated with him. Another 3 and D guy, you hear that a lot. That's what he was supposed to be. With Landry Fields in the fold, you know, he was supposed to be better than what he was. He didn't, so I see why they drafted him. Uh, Shumper, he, he was okay. He became a fan favorite, you know, with, with the cool high top and all that stuff. It, it was Awesome to see. He had his his games. He saw he seemed like he was going to be a good player, and he did his thing for a little bit. But you know, the Knicks nicked it up. At the point, I get it. Bringing more defense because Melo, Amari, we didn't really have defensive guys on the team, like defensive stoppers. I mean, you you can't call freaking what the hell is his name? Jared Jeffries a freaking defensive stopper. It just wasn't happening. And Raymond, yeah, exactly. Raymond Felton. He wasn't stopping anybody. He could score. He wasn't stopping anybody. So, you know, 
Shumper was needed, and hey, it helped. We went to the playoffs. You know, Mike Woodson had that nice little 18-6 and six run, got him the job. You know, Knicks almost made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. You know the rest of it. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> Memories. <laughs> well, here's what the uh, the thought on Iman Shumpert was. Uh, great combo guard with size, potential lockdown perimeter player. Jacob, you just mentioned that right now. Great score, but needs to work on pass and jump shooting. Okay, okay there. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> uh, Leon, buy or sell that uh, Iman Shumpert's a great scorer. Uh... Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm going to sell that one. Uh, he's compared to uh, Javaris Crittenton. Uh, if memory serves me right, Javaris Crittenton is the guy who uh, got in trouble with Gilbert Arenas, right? Yes. Ah, yep, okay. that, that was him. Okay. Terrence Williams is the other comp, 0.9 Vorp. He helped LeBron win a title in Cleveland back in 2016. He was last seen in Brooklyn. How would you like the Iman Shumpert era in Brooklyn there, Leon? Uh, you know, he was here for a couple games. Uh, still has to work on the shooting, but, you know, he, he did what he does, played defense and uh, seasoned bet. You think he'll ever find a shot? Uh, you know, he might find a few 10 days somewhere uh, along <laughs> the way. All right, let's move on to Chris Singleton, not the baseball player, but the uh, FS, uh, Florida State uh, forward, junior. What happened here? Uh, Washington receives the Atlanta's uh, 2011 first-round pick, uh, along with Mike Bibby, Jordan Crawford, Maurice Evans for Kirk Heinrich and Hilton Armstrong. That's a hell of a that's a hell of a deal right there. Wow! All right, Hilton Armstrong. All right, cool. Um, that's a trade that where nothing happened. Uh, if this if he goes to the Suns, Chris Singleton does. If he goes to the Suns, he will help their defense day one. That's that's Chris Singleton's thing. Is that Great defender. That's his calling card. Defense, defense, defense. He's a threat to score as long as Steve Nash is around. Obviously, that did not happen. He did not go to the Suns. I don't think he did, at least if memory serves me right. He's long and athletic, best defender of the draft class, decent offense. In, in, a, in a draft that was full of really good defenders, Chris Singleton is the best defender, according to this mock draft report. Um, I don't know, Jacob, mm-hmm. do you buy Chris Singleton being the best defender uh, of this draft class? If he was the best defender of the draft guy, he might be still be in the league or close to it. <laughs> yeah, so <what> I mean. <laughs> I mean, at and, least Jumper lasted for a while. Yeah, 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 you're right about that. Uh, and, Leon, as promised, your guy, Luke Richard Mamba Amate, once again, <laughs> uh, the com- being used as a comparison here. What do you think about this, this dude showing up, like, multiple times for multiple players, Leon? I mean, I, I guess they just like to type. They like to... <laughs> Charged by the letter. Yeah, it is, and, and he had a you know pretty decent career for himself. But Jesus, he's turning to Dante Exum all over again. Oh, Dante Exum. Oh. Well, he could shoot. I can say about my Amute, Amute, excuse me. He learned how to shoot when he got to the Clippers. He he really did turn into a stretch four. Yeah, I mean, there was a point. I, I, we were, I was talking to Leon about it before you got. We went on the air there, Jacob. That uh, I, I feel like he, they were, they were comparing him to like Luol Deng at one point, probably because they're mm-hmm. both uh, from the same region of Africa. Yeah. If I'm, if I remember correctly, I'm probably wrong. I'm probably racist. No, about you might be right. That. Or I might be right. I might, or I might be racist because you know they, 
but uh, so <laughs> lasted only three seasons. Uh, Chris Singleton did in the NBA. He went on to have a successful team game oriented overseas career. Uh, he's in the Turkish Super League right now. Uh, and his team, the Anadolu Efes, are the current Turkish and EuroLeague champions. So defense wins championships, just not in the NBA for Chris Singleton. But overseas, he's basically the, I don't know, the Luke Richard Mba Omate of the Turkish <laughs> League. Uh, Tobias Harris. All right, so that comp- this completes a three-way trade, right? So, so this one uh, was from Charlotte. Charlotte picks up Bismack Biyombo and Corey Maggette. Look at that. So, <laughs> I'll be damned. I'll be damned. Uh, and as you can see, the Bobcats got this deal because they received it from Portland via New Orleans. It's just a convoluted uh, thing. Joel Pris- oh, my God. Prisvilla. Yeah, Joel Prisvilla, yeah. Shit. You guys know that Joel Prisvilla is Polish for fouling a lot. Yeah, he, he used him up. <laughs> the the six-pack right there of some sort. <laughs> Tobias Harris went to Tennessee, got drafted as a freshman. Uh, he actually went way ahead of his projections. He was projected to go mm-hmm. 21 or tw- anywhere between 21 and 27. Uh, he was described as the next Jared Dudley, can play both forward spots. If, if he would have gone to Leon's Nets, can you imagine Tobias Harris with the Nets? Uh, he could use, uh, they could use more talent on the wings, and Tobias Harris fits that need. Uh, he needs to work on his skill set, which I think he did. Good all-around player and can impact in different ways, which he does. Tobias Harris, as you guys know or may not know, is one of my favorite players of the last uh, 10 or 15 years. The comparison to Chris Humphreys and Glenn Rice, which absolutely make no sense whatsoever. Maybe Chris Humphreys, but mm-hmm. the Glenn Rice one, I don't get. Uh, Jacob, make sense of that to me, please. Glenn Rice, that is the most – no, 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 no. I'd rather say Glenn Rice because Tobias Harris can actually shoot the ball. Chris Humphreys is one of the most disrespectful fucking comps I've seen in my life. Even coming out of freaking Tennessee, Tobias Harris was a good player. I- I'm sorry. He- everybody knew he could play. It was just about becoming an efficient player. But yeah. Chris fucking Humphreys, whoever the fuck – what's his name? I might find him on Twitter or something curse his ass out. Like, what uh, the hell? Uh, NBADraft.net. NBADraft.net. They get paid for this shit. Chris Humphreys? Chris <laughs> motherfucking Humphreys? Chris Kardashian? What? The same motherfucker? Oh, Lord Jesus, help me. Leon, you know Chris Humphreys. You, you, you had that, you know, that. Yeah, great... I mean, Humphreys wasn't, wasn't bad here. I thought you got, you know. He wasn't going uh, to buy his Harris. Well, no. <laughs> You know, you you call him Mellow Light. Uh, I I like Tobias Harris. He did wonders in, in Detroit. Really upped his game in Orlando and, and really showed out in, in, uh, for the Clippers. And now you see what he is now on his Sixers. Uh, legit second, third option. I, I think he's still growing uh, as a as a player. So by the way, uh, when Chris Thomas was with the New Jersey Nets. Uh, so if, if this is the 2011 draft, the previous season, uh, Chris Humphreys averaged a double double. So yeah, he was a double double machine uh, for for two seasons, and then it just he he hooked up with the Kardashian girl, and it just went to the crapper. But he was nothing before and after those two seasons. So from 2010 until like for those two seasons in 2010 and, and then 2011 and 2012, uh, Humphreys was a double doubles machine, and then he went back to being a singles doubles machine, double singles. <laughs> I, what I don't know. So, yeah, it was a short-lived uh, 
productivity. I blame it on the Kardashians, but to Jacob's mm-hmm. point, I think that is indeed disrespectful. But again, if you're seeing it from a 2011 uh, lens, I guess that makes sense. It's actually a compliment if you Apparently. are thinking that Tobias is going to be a 10 and 10 player, which I don't, I don't think he is a 10 and 10 player, but he, the guy can score. He can contribute in so many ways. Oh, yeah. I just absolutely adore his game. And he's great for fantasy. He helped me win a uh, fantasy basketball championship a few years ago. So uh, he has a special place in my heart. Became a solid all-around player. Shooting has improved every single year. The guy works hard, bro. The guy works hard. That's all he knows how to do. Mm-hmm. What about Demont- Donatus Matayunas going to the Timberwolf? <laughs> how did this happen? Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, Minnesota trades Johnny Flynn. Trade the- Johnny Flynn, yeah. And the rights of Don, Donatus Montiunas and Chandler Parsons to Houston for Brad Miller, Nikola Meritich, and a 2013 first-round pick. So this is, does not go to the Timberwolves. This actually goes to the Rockets then, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Thank you for that. Seven-footer, a uh, power forward uh, out of – where is he from? Uh, Serbia, was it? That's my computer. Besides uh, the mm-hmm. Lithuania. Sorry, Lithuania. I do apologize. Uh, 14 or 20 was the range for this guy. So he's at number 20. Lanky, no inside presence, savvy playmaker uh, on the perimeter. He's a draft asset pick, you know, meaning that he was going to just be picked and you kind of just wait. He's five years away from being five years away, you guys. Uh, high potential, but he does uh, have a big ego, needs to mature. He's being compared to either Andres Barnani <laughs> or Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> 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 I mean, Bayani, was, <laughs> Bayani was actually on point, you know. I think so, yeah. Uh, I because I, I know Jersey they tried multiple times to get him, and then uh, went Prokhorov and it made a trade for him. And I guess it was tampering or whatnot. And it it uh, rescinded the trade, and he ended up going overseas and killing. But Monte Yunus was supposed to be a huge player. Yeah, and that was always the comparison. This guy could be the next Dirk Nowitzki. That, that's what I saw from everybody, and I think that's why NBA Draft.net went with it. But that's about the point where you just start, like, <laughs> you just assume that they're getting lazy. They see a mm-hmm. tall European white guy from coming to the NBA and automatically, a seven-footer, no less, and they automatically think, oh, that's Dirk Nowitzki right there. When No, that's not how it works. Maybe Andrea <laughs> Barnani. Go ahead. Uh, maybe Andrea Barnani. I could give you that, but not Dirk Nowitzki. That's just laziness, but that, I, I digress. Uh, he spent most of his NBA time with the Rockets. Uh, he actually had a pretty uh, productive uh, – pro- he, he showed some production uh, value to him, but he's been a real doubles-doubles machine in his last four seasons in China. So that's the story to Donatus Montiunas, unless you guys have uh, some passionate plea – Nope. Or speech, uh, yeah. no. What? Twenty-seven, thirteen, twenty-three, and twelve, twenty-one and thirteen. I mean, we're at in China. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was putting up some numbers, so um, it, probably like the reports say, ego, on the way, and mm-hmm. you go off to China and do your thing. Tried to come back uh, again. He played. Tried to play with the Spurs, but. Average about three minutes or so and didn't pan out. Yeah, it's just funny how that works. (laughs) If you don't make it on the Spurs as a European player, you don't make it anywhere, huh? At all. 
at all. Let's go with Nolan Smith now, uh, one of uh, Jacob's favorite players, I assume. Uh, so Kyrie Irving what? only played nine, nine games, but that was uh, to the benefit of Nolan Smith, who uh, basically got a free pass the first round, despite the fact that he wasn't that good to begin with. Ends up going to the Trailblazers, <laughs> 6'3", 189, combo guard, again, meaning that he could play both point guard and shooting guard. Senior, pretty surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, was supposed to go 38 overall, according to Bleacher Report. Uh, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Has this, uh, and there's some, go ahead, Jacob. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I was just about to say, I was like, yeah, he's, he was fast. You know, he was athletic. I mean, took care of himself and it's never panned out. Why didn't it pan out, Jacob? Because is it because he's from Duke and Duke players just suck overall? That too. I mean, <laughs> hey, listen, they, we were in a role of, they do uh, some of some of them. Listen, Kyrie, yeah, they got it every Kyrie, all right? Yeah, some, some of them. Suck, they, yeah. They're going, they're going towards the, the upper echelon of getting good players like the Tatum's, yeah, and Zion's. We're not gonna go back and look at the Kyle Singlers and Jabari Parkers. Jab- oh, Jabari. Well, y'all kill it's y'all fault. I'll blame y'all. But uh, <laughs> should I do to that kid? <laughs> oh, that's what no, Coach K did to that kid. Come on. Listen, so, listen, greatest coach, college coach of all time. He didn't do anything. <laughs> you got that right. He didn't do anything for Jabari Parker. <laughs> Worst thing that he could have done for himself was go to Duke. There, I said it. Should have stayed in Illinois. Nice. Uh, Nolan Smith, the best regular season college basketball player of 2010-2011. Those are fighting words there, Leon, isn't it? Considering it's the same. Yeah, those are definitely fighting words. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. I mean, who else would have been – I mean – Shut up. <laughs> I mean, just shout out names. Who would have been better than Nolan Smith? There have, I mean, besides the uh, – the young <laughs> prospects, but there had to be better players than Nolan Smith. I mean, what? Maybe Jer- Jimmer Fredetti? I doubt. I'm I'm shocked it wasn't him. Forget. Well, that's what Bleacher Report is uh, <laughs> proclaiming. So, the comp C.J. Watson, and that's an insult to C.J. Watson. Um, negative. He's a negative war player. He only played in two NBA seasons. Helped win the Croatian League Championship in 2014. He eventually joined Duke's coaching staff. In 2016, uh, Jacob, you're a Duke fan. How are you liking uh, Nolan Smith on that coaching, uh, on the coaching seat there for Duke? I like it. You know, you bring the old players back. If yeah. anybody knows about the program, you know, it's the Kyle Singlers and <clears throat> excuse me, Nolan Smith. He was the greatest player. He was smart. That was the one. That was the one thing about him. He was really intelligent on the floor. And when you're intelligent, you usually it. It carries over to coaching because that means you grasp the game better than a lot of people. You can see things that other people don't see. And it's, it's a perfect, you know, two years. And make it to the NBA, oh, well, get a job at your alma mater. We see it happen all the time. That's right. They're, yeah, that's true. That is so absolutely true. So can't fault the guy. I mean, they wanted him. And he found a little niche for himself. So good for him. 6'7", 225, mm-hmm. Kenneth Fareed. This is Jacob's guy. He went to Moorhead State, probably the best college of all time if the <laughs> reputation of the name of the college is true. I always want Moorhead. Senior, made a name for himself in the NCAA tournament. Stop laughing. I'm not making any jokes. Uh, made a name for himself at the NCAA tournament. He was projected to go anywhere with team. Where'd Jacob go? He was projected to go anywhere with team 15 and 22nd. He goes 22nd to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, does the dirty work that nobody else does. Not an NBA starter, but can get you significant minutes off the bench. Rebounding is his game. Solid player. College balls, leading rebounder of all time. 
no offensive game to speak of. But he does have a relentless motor, great energy player. The comparison is Louis Amundsen. Uh, did he play with the Jazz, Louis Amundsen? Yes, 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 he did. Does that does that comparison make sense? I don't think no. it makes sense. Amundsen didn't have the motor. I mean, that's what I thought at all. He was right. he was slow yeah. and and Amundsen actually had a, a decent jumper, shot. right? Yeah, yeah okay. that's what I thought. What the hell are they talking? Okay, so who's a better comparison for Kenneth Farid up to this point? Up to this point, mm. shout it out if you have one. Ah oh, shit! Ah, oh, come on, come on, come on. Charles Barkley. No, <laughs> no, hell no. Reggie, Reggie Evans. Per- yeah, there you go. I like. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I like that. Reggie Evans a little bit bigger, but yeah. I mean, rebounds and hustle. Oh, about the same size. Are about six eight six. Okay. Uh, seven point five. Uh, Vorp. Uh, he played his last NBA season back in 2018, 2019. Played in China for the uh, what they call the Lions over there for seven games, and I found out that he quit after those seven games because he was complaining that the resources, the basketball resources for the Chinese team, were not up to his standards. Imagine that. Oh, no. that's Imagine crazy. that. It's like. It's I like got- com- go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say yeah, that. Yeah, that's yeah. like that's like being a five star recruit, right? And you end up going to like Wichita State, and then you, all you do is bitch about their facilities at Wichita State. <laughs> They do. You're a five-star recruit. Go to Duke. Waste your talent over there instead. But that's Kenneth Fareed. Uh, I don't know. Could you guys think that Kenneth Fareed could still be in the league? No. I think he would. He could get five. Give him 10 minutes a game with the energy. If he still has his the motor. Yeah. The mo- I'm telling you, man, the motor gets you a lot of places. True that. You know what? So, you're telling me, so you're telling me the Nets couldn't use another rebounder like him toughness down low? They, they had him. But – it was either oh, attitude, it was either attitude issue or you know because he wasn't really getting the minutes. Mm-hmm. He's undersized. Perfect. The, the defense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Montrez Harrell. We right here. That's exactly what I was about that's, to you say. Know, that's better than Reggie Evans because Reggie Evans is just rotund and I don't think he has the hops. He, I mean, that guy's built like a statue, but, but Montrose Harrell, I think that's a better comparison. Uh, but, Leon, let me ask you, why, why do you uh, – you were not very hesitant at all. You were very uh, strung out, uh, strong-headed saying that – not strung out. Strong-headed strung saying out. that Kenneth Farid was not going to be back in the NBA. Uh, what makes you think that he's never going to make it in the league he, again? He, he was last, uh, if I remember, on the Rockets uh, yeah. with the James Harden and the Chris Paul uh, – no, no, was it – I'm – I don't know if it was Chris Paul, but I know Clint Capella was there. And they mm-hmm. tried to do five out. And, I mean, Fareed has some decent minutes, but with the, the game extending out to a three-point line, it's just no place for him. True. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, it's already been, what, three seasons? So, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, his t- and even the Chinese don't want him, so that should tell you all you need to know about him. Nic- <laughs> Nikola Miritich, uh, drafted by the Rockets, but this pick would go to the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls, 6'10", 225, out of Montenegro. International class, uh, was going to go somewhere in the 29th or 34th pick overall. The Bulls decided that they needed to act upon him on the 23rd pick overall. Uh, but they were thinking, the mock drafts were thinking that he was going to go to the Spurs because – the Spurs do this type of stuff all the time. Uh, typical draft pick for the Spurs, it says. Great skill, great jump shot. He was going to be Zarko Karbakapa. 
or Jason Capono. So they're really, really digging that three-point shot that Meritage brings, 7.1 Vorp. The last NBA season was back in 2018-2019. He's currently playing for FC Barcelona, the basketball team, not the soccer team. He's a Spanish League MVP as of 2020, the Spanish League champ as of 2021. And we all know that in 2017, he was punched in the face by Bobby Portis and got sent to the hospital. Um, do you guys, uh, let's start with Leon. Do you see Nikola Miritic making his way back to the NBA or does he have it too good in, in Spain right now? Well, you know, he's going to have flashbacks. You know, his you know, <laughs> friends in the Portis or anybody goes in the locker room and say, oh, you do the guy knocked out. Well, yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, and they sent him overseas for three seasons. But I was surprised he left. I, I like him as a, probably closer to Tony Kukoc. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Interesting. He had a pretty good skill set. I remember him with the Pelicans for a bit, but, you know, his, his defense was, you know, god-awful. Very bad. He, he, he could definitely score. Let's move on to Reggie Jackson. Uh, That's a guy who's still in the league, more of a feel-good story of sorts, as um, uh, people were doubting that he could still be playing in this league uh, at a high level. And I think, uh, Jacob, would you agree that he proved himself with the Clippers this year? Absolutely. Bobby Schmurter did his thing. Um, he just – he showed what he basically showed in Detroit when he made his resurgence. You gave him a chance, he said it. You know, he he got a chance, and he wasn't going to waste his opportunity, and this is what he was doing. Even coming out of school, he was, a good shooter. he was a good shooter, you know, tough. And I love that Robert Pat. Uh, Robert Pat was one of my favorite players. He wasn't the biggest guy, but he can score. He was quick. And he can shoot the ball, and that is perfect, perfect, perfect freaking comp for him. But Reggie Jackson, he he showed, and he's he played his way to the bag in the playoffs. So, yeah, uh, he was projected to go in the late first round. Uh, he went a tad earlier than the uh, mock drafts that I have here, but still mm-hmm. late late first round. Uh, I think part of the reason that he fell so low was because of a knee injury that he sustained. Uh, but he's a real scoring guard. That was the scouting report back then. That's the scouting report now. As far as the Mavericks, if he would have gone to the Mavericks, they would have been finding Jason Kidd's replacement right there. Again, this is 2011. In the 2011 world, Jason Kidd's still playing and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and running the offense for your world champion, Dallas Mavericks. Balance player, big wingspan, but he does lack upside, which uh, that's, I think that was part of the reason why people thought that he, he was done was because uh, there was – there was that lack of upside, but like you guys, like you mentioned, Jacob, I think he did prove himself mm-hmm. uh, this past season. Uh, he's averaged double-digit points in his NBA career. I mean, I mean that's useful, right, there, Leon? The double a guy who could just automatically get you double digits uh, in this league, huh? Off the bench. Yeah, I, I liked him off the bench uh, for the Thunder. I I liked him in Detroit, but I I think I don't know if he had a confidence issue or just it took a lot of shots, that's for sure. But you you can't knock a guy who averaged double digit points in in, in a NBA game. So, um, you know, congrats to Reggie, man. All right, let's move on to number twenty five. It's getting late, you guys. So I'm gonna try to go as fast as I can. Next pick is Marshawn Brooks. I'm you know it, it says Celtics, but this as you guys can see, Marshawn Brooks and Jawan Johnson would swap each other out. So. This is for uh, Leon's Brooklyn Nets uh, coming up here. 
uh, shooting guard senior out of Providence. Uh, there was a comparison to Kobe Bryant. I don't know why <laughs> someone fell in love with that. You know, I'm not the biggest Kobe Bryant fan as other people are, but that's that's not even fair for anybody involved. I like the Jordan Crawford comparison more than I do the Kobe Bryant or even Josh Howard mm-hmm. comparison for sure. Uh, Jay, no, uh, this is a Nets player, so let's go with uh, Leon here. As I want to just point out that I remember watching this show called The Association, Brooklyn Nets, uh, uh, by uh, the NBA television pro, uh, network. Mm-hmm. And Marshawn Brooks was featured like all the time. You know, it's kind of like hard oh, yeah. knocks where they always feature some guy uh, at the bottom of the roster to see if, you know, because that's always an interesting story. Like, will this kid make it to the to the bench on the 12th man or whatever. So Marshawn Brooks was that guy, that, that, that intriguing storyline for that uh, show. But I mean, Leon, you saw it firsthand. What do you think about Marshawn Brooks while he was with the Nets? Did you see any promise in him whatsoever? This, the scouting report was correct. He can score. Mm-hmm. He, can, he can definitely score, but he turned the ball over. Took a, wasn't very efficient, but he was also on a bad team. So mm-hmm. shots were, were plenty. He took them. He made a lot of them. But once he went on to, I, I think he went to Houston uh, after that. And you put him on a better team, you start to see he was exposed. Well, he's killing it in China. He's the foreign MVP right now. It's a 2021 season. So uh, he's, uh, he's, I mean, he's putting up some ridiculous numbers in China. So he definitely he found score. his niche overseas. What's up? No, no, he can score. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to Jordan Hamilton. This was a very convoluted trade. I don't think I, I have the patience to read all that. <laughs> I don't even know where Jordan Hamilton ended up. Uh, someone correct me. Because it says Mavericks, but I don't know if they kept the pick or if they traded him away. And like I said, I do have notes. I just don't want to read them. Uh, Texas player. Uh, he's among the best scorers and shooters in the draft. Jordan Hamilton was. Okay. Denver. He ended up in Denver. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, Cedric Savalos comp- comparison, which if that's the case, I, I guess I do like that comparison. Uh, last NBA season was in 2015-2016. He's played in clubs in Europe, Asia, and South America, including the Venezuelan uh, Basketball League. Jacob, did you know there was a Venezuelan Basketball League? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that caught that me I off guard. Knew. I actually knew that. <laughs> Caught me off guard. Well, he's currently playing in Japan. Uh, Jordan Hamilton, how do you like the Cedric Sabal's comparison from NBA Draft.net, Jacob? He was athletic. That's the only reason he got freaking – and played the same position. That's the only reason he got compared to Cedric Sabal's. Good point. Good point. Let's quickly move on to Jawan Johnson out of Purdue, 6'10", senior. uh, Established big man, good death piece, lanky, but he's a gem. Uh, Maceo Bastion and Hakeem Warwick are the comparisons. Uh, Leon, he only lasted one year in the NBA. So what do you think went wrong with Jawan Johnson? <sighs> you know, it, it's hard. It's hard to say. I, I would say probably fell victim to opportunity. Probably in need of money and, you know, if you're a late draft pick or uh, someone on the fringe mm-hmm. and you can get guaranteed money overseas mm-hmm. that be uh, you know league minimum or and no playing time it's pretty easy to, to make that decision so I, I without knowing his situation you know it's hard to speculate I, I would probably say it's financially uh, 
Kidding. All right. And before I move on, Jacob, did you find anything else about Jawan Johnson uh, besides the fact that he plays for Bayern Munich in Europe? Uh, he, the dunker in which that that was Hakeem Ward. That was pretty much it. That's what he was known for. He was known for that one dunk in Syracuse, and that was pretty much it. All righty. Let's move on to Norris Cole, uh, the number 28 pick overall. It says Bulls, but I think this one would end up with the Miami Heat. Little little yep. point guard out of uh, Cleveland State. Oh, I remember him now. Yeah, they made they were making such a big deal about him um, in the telecast. I remember that. Uh, supposed to be a second round uh, projected pick, but the Heat uh, kind of reached for him in the twenty eighth pick overall. Uh, was a leading college scorer. He could make an immediate impact on offense. He would have been a good fit with the Lakers because of Derek Fisher. Uh, the Tony Douglas comparison. Uh, I mentioned that there were six NBA players uh, who were drafted here. I'm sorry. Six players who were drafted in this class that did not make it to the NBA. So that means Norris Cole with the negative point, negative 4.1 VORP value over replacement player is the worst player in the NBA draft class. Uh, whose turn is it? Is it Leon or Jacob? Who did uh, I ask? Like? I, I think it's me, but it- – Tony Douglas is definitely the right comparison. I do remember Cole. I mean, he turned out so bad. <laughs> so bad. And I, it's like he wasn't like an integral part of that, uh, that run. It's just, it could have been, it, it, it was awful. But all he does is win, though, bro. Look, I mean, yeah, he's yeah, a negative war yeah. player, yeah. but he. He's won uh, two NBA championships. He's won a championship in the or a cup champ because they do separate, right? They do the league and then the cup championships. Mm-hmm. But he's won at least one of those trophies in France, Montenegro, and Israel. Last play for a uh, uh, it was a French team called Asvel. So all he does is win, man. How can you say he's bad when all he does is win, Jacob? Uh, shit, man. Listen, you be the shittiest player. Look, Giannis. Giannis is like youngest brother. Didn't do shit on the league. He still got a ring. Norris Cole has his moments. Giannis, listen, you can win a ring and still be trash. <laughs> it don't matter. But hey, I respect him for that. It's funny that Derek Fisher was mentioned in the notes there. So and he ends up being kind of like a Derek Fisher type player overseas. So that's pretty funny. Uh, moving on to Corey, Corey Joseph of the Spurs uh, from Texas, little point guard from Texas, uh, freshman actually, does not belong with the other guards in this draft. Might not be drafted. Should have stayed in school another year. So th- that's that's tough company right there, or a tough crowd, I should say. AJ Price is the comparison. Uh, Jacob, do you remember AJ Price? Because I AJ Price, well, did he go to Connecticut? Check for me right quick. If my memory is the, my memory is not going, uh, I hope not. I think he went to Connecticut. I I think. Okay. But I AJ just, Price, he was a. I remember him being a decent player. I just can't remember what in school. I just can't remember what college he went to. What did he play on the Jazz? Sounds he, right. Go ahead. I'm, but he was he. What happened? Played on the Suns, Wizards, Pacers, Cavs, and Timberwolves. He okay, did play I, for you. He did play I, for UConn. Yes. Okay. I remember him playing for you. He was good at UConn. He was a defensive player. But other than that, Corey Joseph, I mean, it was fair. They're both solid. You know, solid, okay players in their own right, I guess. Right. Well, one in college and one in pros. But Corey Joseph, he – hey, listen, he's still playing. <laughs> he's still uh, 
rotational piece on the team. Any team he goes to, Toronto, Indiana, he he was a good piece. He can still shoot. And, hey, he's going to be a career rotational piece. You spend 10 years in the league, that's good enough for a lot of people. I'll that's take right. that. I'll yeah, take five right. to 10 years in the league, and I'll be happy. Yeah, he's been a solid bench player in the NBA, and he's currently the captain of the Canadian national team. I did not know that. No, I didn't know that either. I knew he was Canadian, you know. Yeah, yeah well. Let's move on to Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy G Buckets, Jimmy Butler, or as I like to call him, Hollywood Jimmy Butler. Hollywood, swinging, Hollywood Jimmy. Swinging. Hollywood Jimmy, I like that. Hollywood Jimmy. Out of Marquette, uh, probably the second best player to come out of that school since Dwayne Wade. Hmm? Pretty sure somebody in Milwaukee is yelling at me right now. Uh, I thought you were going to say Jay Crowder. He went to Marquette? Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I did not know that. No, I'm not going to say Jay Crowder. Uh, <laughs> he could be a potential steal in the second round. He has outstanding defense, efficient on offense. Uh, but, yeah, second rounder. He goes number 30th overall to the Bull, my Chicago Bull. Wesley Matthews is the comparison, at least the comparison I could find uh, an NBA draft that night because he didn't really have a direct one. I had to kind of read through the lines there. Uh, Vorp 34.2, which means that Jimmy Butler is the number two best player in this draft, according to value over replacement, uh, Leon, buy or sell Jimmy Butler being the second best player in this draft. <laughs> Mr. Kyrie Irving's number yeah. one in your book. Yeah, I'll buy it. All right. Uh, Jacob, did you foresee that Jimmy Butler would become a bona fide franchise player? I knew he would be a decent, once again, really guy, but he... He took off, man. I, I honestly, if you say you saw this shit coming, you're a damn liar. Cause ain't nobody saw this coming. That's like saying Travis Dino was gonna be an NBA superstar. <laughs> it just wasn't happening. You talk about Marquette. There's a name for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I really do appreciate that. Uh, I didn't see it coming. Yeah, as I was telling Leon, I think uh, when when he got drafted to the Bulls, I feel like they were trying to look for the next Luol Deng, except that. Thibodeau wasn't giving him any chances until Dank finally got hurt and Jimmy Butler stepped up and he became he became that guy. He became that uh, that force to be reckoned with, uh, along with Clay Thompson. And those I, for me, those two guys will always be uh, intertwined with each other: Clay Thompson mm-hmm. and Jimmy Butler. Like I, I think I mentioned earlier on the show that Clay Thompson did beat out Jimmy Butler for that last uh, one of the spots on the U.S. basketball team. Um, in the early 2010s. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. We all love Boyan, right? Who doesn't like Boyan Bogdanovich? Out of Croatia. Lakers should take a chance on this project player. He's lanky, but athletic, good skills on offense, uh, being compared to Boston Nakwar, according to Bleacher Report. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Yep. Boston Boston Nakwar. Only real NBA junkies know about that guy. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Boyan has averaged a double, du- double digit points per game, efficient shooter. Uh, after the NBA draft, he became a star in the Turkish league and now he's a star here or not a star, but, uh, a player that you should know. Uh, Leon, you, you'd be happy if, if you're Boyan Bogdanovich with your basketball career right now, right? I mean, I, I liked, uh, I liked him when he was here in, uh, Brooklyn. I, mm-hmm. you know, he's, uh, he's solid. I wouldn't be upset at his career, man. And look at what he's done now out in Utah this year. It's amazing how you can still get better with time, even as an established shooter. So, mm-hmm. 
Uh, who's the other Bogdanovich player? If we, I think he's played for the Hawks, right? Yeah. Yeah, Bogdan. Bogdan Bogdanovich. I always get those two guys confused oh. every single time. <laughs> anyway, now we get to the grim part of the show where we talk about Tyler Honeycutt. Uh, I remember uh, kind of liking him back in the day as a second-round pick. I thought he might have been a, a sneaky first, late first-round pick if things would have gone his way, but it didn't. He ended up being drafted by the Kings, so that was mistake number one. Uh, mm-hmm. perimeter, perimeter player out of UCLA. Needs to improve his strength and shooting. He thinks he's Tayshaun Prince. Long, versatile. He's going to be a bench player. He's athletic, but toolsy. Josh Childress and Tayshaun Prince are the comparisons, which uh, looking back, that might have been a little bit too uh, a little bit too friendly towards him. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but knowing what we know now, uh, his uh, career ended up, his NBA career ended short. And so was his life as on July 6, 2018, uh, he committed suicide at the age of 27 after getting into a fracas with the police. He lasted only two NBA seasons. Uh, and he was a Turkish League slam dunk champion in 2017. And in case you didn't see my little comment here, oops, I actually got to fix that. But basically, um, his mom called the police because he was having an episode. The police came and he starts immediately shooting at them. So by the time, you know, there's a standoff between the cops and, and uh, Honeycutt and who has already at this point uh, blocked the entrance to his house. The LAPD SWAT team was summoned eventually, but by the time they got into the house, he was already dead, shot himself in the head. Mm. Um, he was, a, he was in, playing for Team Russia at the time. His high school coach blamed it on the language barrier and just being in a new environment. And I'm tr- I was trying to learn how to speak and read Russian through Duolingo. I don't know if you guys know what Duolingo is, but it's a, a language app. Mm-hmm. So if you're curious on learning a language, it's a great app to learn. But Russia sucked. Uh, I'm sorry, not, <laughs> 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 the Russian language is awful. Mm. It, it's, it's an awful language to learn because – it sounds very similar to English and maybe even some Spanish because there is some crossover there, but they don't use the Western alphabet that we all use. Right. They use the right. little weird symbols and mm-hmm. it might as well be hieroglyphics. And anyway, so I can see how Honeycutt might've been struggling in that environment. Eventually Honeycutt's mother went on to sue the LAPD for not being able to deescalate the situation. And I don't know anything about that. Uh, he only lasted two NBA seasons, right? As what is what I found out. Any any memories from any from both of you guys about Tyler Honeycutt while he was alive? I remember in UCLA, yeah, that's about it. And then the Kings out for a little bit. I didn't really pay too much attention to it. I remember when they that happened when they said, you know, he killed himself. But I mean, depression is real, man. When you start really getting effed up in the head is it's hard to come out of and I just feel for him. Well, obviously his family and just especially his mom having to go through that and yeah you know what could have been done to avoid it but sometimes nothing you can do there's another tragedy here with Chandler Parsons at number 38 who many people forget he was one of the better players and up-and-coming players in the NBA for a while for a, a season mm-hmm. for a stretch of four seasons former Florida Gator he was a senior when he got uh, drafted Mr. 
jack of all trades, master of none, but he could be a matchup problem because he is 6'10 and he has some skills. Luke Walton was the comparison. Uh, there's uh, what I my little spiel about him being a good player, really good player from 2012 until 2016. He was averaging 34 minutes a game. And then the injuries started piling up. Um, and then I forgot all about the car crash that might have ended his career. Uh, Leon, do you see Chandler Parsons making it to the league one day again? No, I, I think it's too far gone. Yeah, I think so too. I just don't, I don't know. Maybe you knew something that I didn't know because all, that's all I could find. No, it, I, I think it's, it's too far gone. I, I think this, here's what, uh, his career was supposed to be what Gordon Hayward's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a damn shame, man. Parsons was a fun player to watch. Really he was. solid. Just just a high Q type of basketball player. And it's just a shame what happened to him. And, and while he was still playing, even with when he, after he signed that big contract, that people were making fun of him and saying that he was a, a thief. And Yeah, it, it was rough. Yeah, so that's unfortunate. Uh, John Leo, how do you say that name? Lua, Leo, Lua, Lua, out of Wisconsin, it's Wisconsin. So is it, so is it John Leo? Uh, he graduated. He made it as a senior. What a loser! Uh, <laughs> so he was a projected second round pick, and that's where he ended up uh, as a stretch four. Uh, he might have trouble being a part of our regular NBA rotation, and that turned out to be true. He was being compared to Kirk Haston. I remember him as well. Another white, dopey white guy in college. Yeah, look at that name. Yeah, look at it. It's, it's so obvious. If, you're, <laughs> if your name is Kirk, you're a dopey white guy, right? <laughs> Felipe, that's racist. That's almost as racist as the earlier comment about the Africans. Last NBA season. <laughs> Stop laughing. Last NBA season was in 2018, 2019. He retired via Instagram on May 24, 2020. So that's the thing, right? Re- retiring on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody paid attention to it. <laughs> I, I found, this could ahead. have been Lou Amundsen right here. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're reaching that finish line. We're reaching that finish line. We've got three more players to go, I promise, and then we can call it a night. Thank you so much uh, for uh, humoring me uh, this evening. We have two more of these to go, unless you say otherwise. Davis Bertans got drafted by the Pacers, according to this thing. Oh. Latvian player. At least one of them wasn't a bitch. Uh, Sorry. Talk, <laughs> who's, am I the bitch or is Leon the no, bitch? No, 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 no. From lap year. You know, come on, man. Oh, right, year. right, right. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about Andrews Biedrens. Got it. Him too. <laughs> <laughs> him. The, the former Warriors player, yeah. Air Latvia, Leon, Leon will call him. I actually, like, guy. I actually like Beedrins back when he was at the Warriors. Yeah. I like him a he lot. Was, he was tough. He, yeah. he actually did remind me of KP. Like, when you actually look at him, look at those two. Ah, they both okay. had the slick back hair and pull with the part. That's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Andres, P- uh, Andres uh, Beedrins and Tingus Pingus over there. <laughs> and now Davis Bertans into the mix. He's thin, can shoot. Mm-hmm. I think he was in a three-point contest, right? Yes, he yep. was. Oh, okay. I don't think he won, but I mean, I, nah. I mean, he did, he did, lead, he did lead the league uh, one year. Ah, okay, okay. And I know he got a big contract too, yep. just because mm-hmm. of that of his shooting ability, right? Uh, yep. Unless I'm confusing him yep, with somebody got, else. Got it. Go, got it from uh, Washington. I think five for eighty. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's the way to do it. Uh, oh, he's 
he said in the draft because he was promised he would be drafted in the first round. That did not happen. As Maury Povich would say, that is a lie. Austin Day and Kyle Korver are the comparisons. Uh, Jacob, mm-hmm. what are the chances he becomes the next Kyle Korver? I would, hey, Kyle Korver is what we call a gunner. I mean, and he can shoot. It was there. Is Kyle, give him, mm-hmm. is Kyle Korver the machine gun Kelly of the NBA? Yeah, it might. But he's oh. more woke, though. He got it. Ah. Kyle Korver gets it. If you read the story, read those stories, that story on Kyle Korver in the Athletic about him and the racial impact. Like, he got it, man. Oh, yeah. But Bertans, though, he is just, even with the four fingers, man, he kind of gets it up there and he makes it happen. But, yeah, he's one of the most efficient shooters in the league now. And they got it right. That he was being a good, he's a good shooter. And I, I, I briefly read and skimmed through that story. Uh, was it a fireworks accident? Is that why he got part of a finger chopped off? Or what happened? Uh, I don't think it was. Was it a I'm Pierre asking Paul kind of thing? It was. Was it was a Pierre it? Paul kind of thing? Yeah. yeah the thing, little known fact, he was celebrating the 4th of July in Latvia. Huh. No, not, no, that's not true at all. Come on. Was, and I'm the one who's drunk right now, right? Because I finished my tequila right now. My uh, mule. My, Mos- my my Mexican mule. Uh, yeah, three-point guy. Uh, has averaged double digits since 2019. Uh, he's a three-time Serbian league champion. He was vegan, but now he eats fish. Or he, that's what they call huh. Aryan. Um, uh, Jacob, do you like fish? Yes. What are you, gay fish? Oh, wait, that's yeah, not how yeah. it goes, does it? I, I like fish, though. I mean, fish sticks. Fish sticks. Oh, I just talk about number one. No, so this is a failed South Park reference. Sorry. No, I, know, I, know you, no, I know Leon what you meant. Me. I know what you meant. Oh, okay, you were, okay. But I'm just saying, you were talking about Moorhead, and now you're talking about fish. <laughs> <laughs> Early on when I said that this this doesn't get me a buzz, yeah, apparently it's kicking in now. It has jalapeno, mm-hmm. lime, and tequila. Uh, it's all natural flavors, too. So. That shit sounds gross. Mule 2.0. <laughs> it does, actually. It is gross, but I, I drink oh, it all. fuck, man? It, it, you feel a little fizziness in your nose, too. That's, that's the what weird What in part. the heck? Oh, mm. it's like a, like a, I don't know. About to get us kicked out. About to get us kicked off and banned. What do I care? My, like, my account's restricted anyway. That's why I agreed to be with you guys so I could be on this platform. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> that's how you do it. That's how you, do. You, don't, you don't create fake profiles like some other people. Come on. Well, how old do you think we got to 500 members? Number 55, Etwan Moore. I also had a Purdue, just like Jawan Johnson, but he did not get picked in the first round, but he did go to the Celtics. Oh, shit. Did both Purdue players make it to the Celtics? Right? Jawan Johnson, too, right? Mm -hmm. Wow. And they still didn't do anything with those guys. Okay. Damn sure didn't. Uh, Talented guard, scoring guard, good passing skill, but he lacks athleticism and size. Uh, Bleacher (laughs) Report compared him to Rudy Fernandez, which, boy, if he becomes Uh... Rudy Fernandez. <laughs> I don't think so, though. But isn't that a lot of players on the Celtics bench? Like, go back to it. Let me let me see it again. Go back to that. that um, yep, talented guard, scoring guard with good passing skills, but lacks athleticism inside. I swear to God, they always have like three of those on their damn bench. Uh, Pritchard, always. right? That's the other guy from last Pritchard, year. Pritchard, Peyton Pritchard, Smart, I believe. Yeah, Smart didn't really have that athleticism like that. Yeah, but you know he 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 makes up for it for a lot in in his defense. So if you're a good true. defender, that means you have oh, yeah. good lateral quickness. But, yep, true. So. Carson Edwards, another one. Like oh yeah, and also went to Purdue, right? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> these motherfuckers—they love their damn. The Big Ten guards. <laughs> I guess. 
Oh, I don't know where Pritchard went. I don't know where Pritchard went, but Oregon. Oregon. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're uh, they're they're Rose Bowl guards. Yeah. <laughs> Um, his best Etwan Moore season best season was in 2017-2018. Leon, I don't I know, do. man. It, it, so you would think that after 2017-2018 that that his stock would start rising up and stuff. So what prevents a player from not continuing that momentum after a career year like that? I mean, this is a second round pick. Mm-hmm. You know, late second round at that. I, I, I think this was that was probably his ceiling. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's made a nice career as a as a Backup ben. guard, as a yeah, you know, someone coming off the bench, and his profile does fit. He does score. Uh, I remember with the Pelicans at the Magic, so he can bounce around the league, knowing bet. So, well, you pretty much got what you're gonna get from him. Yeah, yeah, but you always want to uh, see these guys be more than just oh, he's just the 55th pick overall, so he should be lucky that he got that far in his career i always root for those guys a guy like isaiah thomas who is the last yes. player we're going to talk about mr irrelevant of this draft 60th pick overall it3 made a name for himself this is part of the convoluted john salmon's trade that uh, i don't want to no, that was one of the most it's not the it's not just just john salmon's as we talk about being pescatarian right i do love me i mean salmon it's these trades that just are so damn convoluted and they're so many moving pieces, and mm-hmm. anyway, 5'10", 186 out of Washington. Kind of reminds me of Nate Robinson a little bit, uh, without the hops, I guess. <laughs> Although they're saying that he does have – that Isaiah Thomas has some hops. Uh, did he ever have hops? I don't remember he him used being to. a leaper. Yeah? yeah, he used to. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, smallest player in the draft, obviously. He's supposed to be Jerome Randall, who I have no idea who that is. Who the hell is that? Jerome Randall, huh? Jerome Randall. That's the blackest thing in a while. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Home Randall, yes, sir. My man. I thought it was send it in, Jerome. Hey, I thought that was that, that guy. Who hit that? Uh-oh. That KP? Yes, it was. No, who the hell is that? Kevin Pillar. Yes, it was. Three on home run. 14 10. Met. Wait, is that the Nationals game? No, fuck them. Talk about the oh. Mets. Who are, they, who are the Mets playing? Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. going to happen. The only KP we, we respect in New York anymore. Yeah, I honestly thought that KP was back with, with uh, playing uh, in, the, in the finals. I thought he got traded to the Suns or the Bucks, but they play tomorrow, right? Yeah. Uh, Jerome Randall went to California back uh, in 2006 and 2010. He was undrafted in the 2010 draft from good old Chicago, Illinois. Uh He's, uh, you said he was the blackest name you ever heard? Ah, joke's on you. He's both American and Ukrainian. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. There's... <laughs> That'll teach you. Who's a racist <laughs> now? They ain't me. Hey, I'm sorry. Yeah, you are. Gotta give, yeah. it, gotta give it back sometimes. <laughs> uh, Isaiah Thomas at 16.3 VORP. So that puts him at... Uh, number seven, mind you, this guy's been injured a lot. Uh, he missed a lot of time. Uh, and he's been on pretty much on the decline since 2017, 2018. So otherwise, he'd probably be higher than number seven. But then you're talking about being better than Tobias Harris, Nikola Vucevic. So number seven is pretty good for him. Uh, him and Clay Thompson can battle, out, battle it out for those uh, seven and eight slots there um, as they're both coming back from injury. I think Clay Thompson has a better chance of uh, – 
contributing like he used to before the injuries, as opposed to Isaiah Thomas. Uh, Jacob, who do you like uh, rebounding or uh, rebounding their careers uh, back to the norm that we are used to seeing? Isaiah Thomas or Clay Thompson? Clay Thompson. Yeah, that's what I think. Leon, you, you gonna say gotta say Clay Thompson as well over there. Yeah, but I will also say that I I think Thomas got the raw end of the deal here. The pandemic didn't really help him. Uh, Way Boston just kind of discarded him. Also didn't really help. I I mean this man was an MVP candidate. For half mm-hmm. season, mm-hmm. it's not like you lose that overnight. Well, I think the injuries just—I mean, I know the hip problem was was the major thing, and I, I think it just kind of—it uh, just kind of accumulated into what we're seeing now—a declining player since 27, 2018, 2017, 2018 season. I think the other thing was the attitude. I know there was a lot of issues with his attitude, not wanting to be a true point guard. Uh, rather uh, falling uh, on what made him successful in Sacramento. I mean, it made him an individual successful player in Sacramento, but as a, as a, when it comes to the team, it didn't translate into wins. But he wasn't ready to give up some of that uh, stuff that made him into a household name, so to speak. So there was there's a lot of that. Uh, interesting tidbit was that he got traded from Boston to Cleveland for Kyrie Irving. So this was basically trading for the number one pick overall in this draft for the 60th pick overall in the 2011 draft. But IT, he's a two-time all-star. But, yeah, would, did you guys ever see the day – did you guys ever expect to see the day where the number one pick of a draft class gets straight-up traded for the number 60th pick, the last – dead last pick of the draft uh, in, in your lifetimes? Never. Yeah, it's crazy. Don't but, forget one player. Oh, yeah, there's another player? Getting about Drew's – Older brother. Which Drew? Justin, Justin Holiday? Holiday? Yes, he was. Ah, okay. He was defensive presence, which he is. Also, but also much improved three-point shooter off the catch that can develop a game in the mold of, all right, I'm going to say Phoenix Suns role player toughness. What player do you think about? Come on, Leon. Crowder? No, fool. Uh, is Come it, on. Uh... Back in the day. You got to think, oh. think about it. Oh, back in the day. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, 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 Wesley, Wesley Person. Motherfucking damn. Not that, but I mean, I was back in the day. Wesley Person was the man. You said back in the day. That's I mean, my for, back I, in the I day. said around this time. I'm saying around this oh, time. Oh, around you this said, time. Yeah. Oh, hmm? boy. Come on. We got Marion? No. Shooter. Oh, God, um, bench, oh, I said God, bench no. player. Oh, oh. Uh, well, he was a role player. Come on. Raja Bell. There you go. My man. Yeah, you Felipe go. for the win. <laughs> Don't fuck with me. See, it was a, a light skin thing. That's why you got it. Mike, motherfuckers, it, it, it was a drink. <laughs> it was the drink. My man gonna start. He gonna start singing like he's sweating a minute. Mm. You to gotta me. get twisted, girl. You gotta get twisted. I know you know. Yeah, twisted. What's the other song that made him famous back in the day? Um, it was. Uh, oh my God! What the hell? Huh? Nobody, nobody, baby. <laughs> Those are the only words I know. Keep sweat. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> Who's gonna live like me? 
Who's gonna love you like me? Nobody. <laughs> I remember the Tony Romo um freaking who's gonna throw more and I I Tony Romo. Nobody. Oh you see you see what they did there, Jim. They, 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 they're now doing utilizing impressions because it's late in the show. They're gonna do this is a, this is a part of the, show, the the game where they just started like they like to have fun at this point of the game. You'll see, and they're gonna try to run some uh zippity do thous and zippity day days. Uh, it's, it's, this is a real fun part of the show here, uh, Jim. Oh, shit. You're going to see that right now, Jim. All right, second and third. Oh, that's actually my Pat Summerall. My bad. Pat Summerall, Jim Nance, same guy. Joe Buck, <laughs> same guy. They're all the same guy. It's my man, Joe Buck. I like Joe Buck. And there's a drive. Yeah, Love it. Joe Jeff. Buck is a man, man. He made the, trust me, listen, the final call of the World Series is just all him because he just has that voice. He because he has like a story for every. Just come on, you know Felipe as a Cup fan, and for the first time in how many fucking years? I forgot. One hundred and eight. Yeah, one hundred and eight years. Chicago Cubs in your World Series ship. He had the call. And the <laughs> national and the Nationals. He made that call. He struck him out. And come on, Leon, shut the hell up. I'm hating on Joe Buck for no fucking reason. Man. Yeah, he tries too hard. But if you if you come in with the mentality that he's just basically doing a Pat Summerall impression. <laughs> or that that's his hero? Cause, I mean, it has to be. Mm-hmm. It has to be. I mean, he, he worked on with Fox, and Pat Summerall was the number one guy. Yeah, he was the guy. For a long time. If you come mm-hmm. in with that mentality that he's just a minimalist, then Joe Buck all of a sudden doesn't sound too bad and isn't as bad as, you, as people think he is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then when you ask who would you rather have on, on, on that uh, grand stage mm-hmm. uh, calling the most important baseball games of the year, and it, everybody just – says, well, I want to hear my announcer, my team's announcer, be the announcer. Okay, so you have nobody then. You don't know anything, so shut up. You don't know what the <laughs> hell you're talking about. Joe Buck is – there's a reason why Joe Buck, besides the nepotism, right, because, you know, as we explained in that one post about the women in the Baltimore Orioles uh, having an all-women's broadcast team, nepotism is a real thing in, 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 broad, in sports Very broadcasting, true. right? Very true. But besides the nepotism, um, he's there because he has the – most generic voice that you're gonna get because if you really think about it, I'm not being mean, but that's no, just the no, way I it get is. What you're saying. I get what you're saying. I mean, look at the, all 30 MLB teams, and if you close your eyes, you can't. You, sometimes it's it, you can't differentiate between them. They're, but my they're, thing about this, oh, sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt you, Go ahead. but it's the same thing. How I feel when you felt I uh, just think you. You were breaking just, up there, Jacob. What were oh, you sorry. Can, can you hear me now? Just the same thing. I can hear you now. Just the same thing with Vince Scully. I thought he was just fucking generic. It's just his voice. I'm just like... Oh, you're terrible. I'm not. I'm uh, ju- you hear that, Leon? That's terrible, Leon. That's just absolutely <laughs> that terrible. It's just my honest opinion. I mean, they... Okay. And he just sounded boring. I'm just like, okay. I can see how you could put people to sleep. That, I'm that, just sitting there. I'm just listening to him going, <laughs> the that, fuck? Yeah, that... His I, voice... I can see that. I just don't – I get why he was so great. I think more of his stories because he can tell you so much and he's been around for so he's been, long. Yeah, but, for a long time. But his, his voice was fucking annoying. I'm just like, uh, Two up. balls, one strike <laughs> from beautiful Chavez Ravine. The only Dodgers are okay. set to do a – go on a five-game winning streak against the New York Mets. Interesting story now. For those <laughs> who are too young to remember – the Dodgers used to play in Brooklyn, and for a long time, along with the New York Giants, were the only National League team in the city of New York City. But that was many moons ago. 
Dang, Kenley Jansen strikes him out. Oh. The New York Mets lose their 10th game in a row. No, Jacob is crying like a bitch. <laughs> anyway, that's... <laughs> I hope Zach Levine has Kobe. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> cocaine? What? I hope he has Kobe. Bitch. Oh, Kobe? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's Kobe, my name. Kobe Bryant? Kobe leaves. Leaves you guys uh, with nothing. The only leaves are, uh, that he's going to be encountering um, are the oh, ones in the trees during the fall, autumn. What, smoking them? Smoking leaves? What? <laughs> Is, uh, you guys are, are NBA guys. Is that legal now in the NBA? Uh, smoking trees? Or, uh, uh, weed or whatever it's called? Uh, what the fuck? I no, I don't think I, so. I, I think it is actually. Is it? Yeah, right. Yeah. Is it really? For medicinal purposes, at least. No, no, no. Okay. I, I, I think it is. It, it's not. Oh. It's not a banned. Uh... Oh fucking time. Yeah, That's what I'm not, talking about. Yeah, it's not banned anymore. See, J.R. Smith is almost there, man. He, yeah. He got the, he, yeah, I mean, he'll ever get back in the league, but. Yeah. Oh, it's a wrap for him. <laughs> <laughs> Who has a better chance of coming back to the league, J.R. Smith or Kenneth Fareed? Neither. Oh, man. <laughs> if I had to pick crowd. one? If I had to pick one? Yeah. J.R. Smith. Definitely, definitely J.R. Yeah, he wow. Can score. No, J.R. Smith, I'm sorry. I mean, All we right. were calling him J.R. fucking Starks that whole year because that motherfucker. One game, he'll put 30 on it, and the next he's fucking two. He had his little – he had the salsa dance every time he hit a fucking buzzer beater. That shit was great. Next tape. That was also a good draft, though. I, I forgot what I think it was the 2005 draft. I don't know. You guys can correct me, but the mm-hmm. the one where J.R. Smith and Josh Smith comes out. Five. Uh, was it 05? Yeah, I think that might have been one of the last years of high school players being eligible. They need to bring that shit back. Like, I'm done with these this college nonsense. They are. Aren't they? I thought they get they getting rid of the one and done, right, Leon? I think this is the last year. I think. Uh, last year. I think so, but now. You got the G League ignited. You got the G that, League, so. yeah. Because look at um, what's his name? Well, the presumed Green. Yep, presumed second pick in the draft, coming from the G League. I think this might be the first draft where they have more. I think three or four G League guys going in the first round. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't wait. I, I can't wait to discuss that with you guys. But that's the 2011 NBA draft, ten-year reunion. Um, we we went through some select names in the second round. Uh, we went through all 30 picks in the first round. Uh, so overall, uh, it's a weak draft, but there's a lot of players that still made a name for themselves in the NBA, and then even a few more that made a name for themselves internationally. Um, it's known for Kyrie Irving, uh, but also it's the draft that brought you Kawhi Leonard and uh, Clay Thompson, uh, you know, the second part of the Splash Brothers. Just you know what it is, guys. It, it basically set up the rest of the decade, right? This draft did for as much mm-hmm. shit, as much flack as this draft gets. It you 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 can't tell the story of the NBA of the last ten, fifteen, what ten years? Sorry, of the last ten years without m- talking about this draft uh, deeply, right? Because mm-hmm. you, I just mentioned them. Tristan Thompson was a regular uh, in the NBA Finals, for better or for worse. Uh, Norris, <laughs> even Norris Cole. Mm-hmm. As, as crappy as he was he helped LeBron James win two championships with the Miami Heat <laughs> oh man and uh, you're seeing a lot of uh, stretch four guys who could shoot the tr- the rock from outside the perimeter uh, they, this is where a lot of these guys uh, you're seeing more of them show up um, although I have this is just an anecdotal evidence and there's recency bias because we just did this but you're seeing a lot of those uh, well, if this guy, if this guy can uh, can consistently hit the shot like he did in college, he could be a really good stretch four. And mm-hmm. 
now, 10 years later, that everybody's looking for one of those players. We just talked about Nikola Vucevic being a stretch five. Mm-hmm. When, that wasn't his game to begin with, but, you know, he's a hard worker, and, and yes. he worked his way into that role. And uh, this is where it started, 2011 draft. The only thing mm-hmm. we're missing is um, guys like Ennis Cantor actually living up to some of their potential that, uh, that they never lived up to. What? I'm just saying. Man. Yeah, Ennis – not Ennis Cantor, but, yeah, the funny thing about Vucevic, he was – at USC, I remember he had a few games that really just put him on the map. It was – damn, it's weird. It's just so weird that I think it's been 10 years already. I just, like, got a flashback. I'm like, holy shit, man. <laughs> well, that's what we're going- doing this. I mean, Reggie Jackson, I didn't, I didn't realize that he was – uh, already in this league since 2011 mm-hmm. uh, because of this draft. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize that Boyan was in this draft. I forgot all about him being in this draft. Completely forgot. Uh, Chandler Parsons, Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Valanciunas might not have been, may have been the best center if it wasn't for Vucevic. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. aside from Kyrie Irving, you had some decent point guards coming out of this class. Kemba Walker, we just mentioned Isaiah Thomas, mm-hmm. uh, Reggie Jackson kind of uh, reigniting his career a little bit. So, uh, you know, it, it, I mean, it, and it was just fun to uh, talk to a couple of basketball junkies like myself with, in the form of you two in your podcast. So I knew that this would be something fun and, 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 and uh, remin- uh, nostalgic, I guess is the right word. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, can something be nostalgic when it's in your 20s? Because I was yeah. I was 27 when this draft happened, I think. I think so, man. 28, I think. Of, a lot of stuff happened, man. You got to think about it. Yeah. Wasn't really, just, it's weird, man. I didn't have kids yet. That was the crazy thing about it. Oh, jeez. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so weird. But, like, 2011, just what the fuck? I was... I, I was the one year removed from, I mean, daily life, right? That was one of the questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did mm-hmm. you move out? I was one year removed from not living with my parents anymore. I had moved in mm-hmm. with my girlfriend in 2010. And we were just celebrating our one-year anniversary uh, moving wow. in together in mm. 2011. And this is how I celebrated by watching the NBA draft. <laughs> we didn't get no booty that night. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but any last words about this, uh, guys, uh, before, uh, we, uh, before Leon signs us off for tonight? That's an awesome episode, man. Thank you for doing this. I can't wait for the two- – I hope we do the 2017 one because – Man, fuck that. We doing now. All that shit time I spent writing that motherfucker. Oh, no. Yeah, I just got to get through it, man. I got through the first – I did the template. Uh, or I, I have the framework done. Uh, I have my resources that I'm going to use. I just need mm-hmm. to go and do it. And for that, I need time. Yeah. But- and this was a fun draft. This draft might go down as one of the most talented drafts. When you, like, looking at it and then looking at the guys that were – you know, late rounders and all that, the second rounders, it's – you'd be surprised at these names. That's what I mean. It gets a lot. It gets a lot of flack, but in the end, you had some solid guys on the back end mm-hmm. make a name for themselves. I mean, it, mm-hmm. what it lacked in top heaviness, it made up for it in, in depth. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these guys would end up. Uh, I mean, Iman Shumpert won a championship. He helped LeBron win a championship, for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Brandon Knight, as bad as he is, uh, he's just a memorable <laughs> player because he shows up in the bloopers, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But this is also the draft that gave you the, the Morris the, the Morris twins, mm-hmm. and they're still uh, making an impact in the NBA. Uh, uh, this is the draft that gave you Nikola Mirotic for better or for worse. Uh, you know, gave us one of the more memorable stories from the last four <laughs> or five years in Chicago. 
Um, and for a bit, he kind of gave the Bulls some hope that things were going to turn out better than they did. And obviously that didn't happen, but this is where it started. And now look at him. He's an MVP over in Spain. So, uh, but yeah, we, 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 we talked about it and uh, I don't know. There's nothing else much to say about this draft. So Leon, whenever you want, get us home. Send it home, Jerome. Well, this this has been uh, a nice night to uh, reminisce. Mm-hmm. Look back at some we bad players, we some good players, and you know we'll do this again uh, another time. Twenty seventeen draft uh, quite on the horizon. You have your show, uh, Total Bases Podcast. Uh, Sunday mornings over in Baseball Life where you can catch uh, draft prospects and get some fantasy advice because uh, I know I've stated before, my entire team is on the I.L. So. Uh, we, we might go Thursday night. Uh, Thursday? Okay, cool. We don't know anymore. I mean, we were supposed to go Sunday night. That didn't happen. Monday, I'm with you guys. Tuesday, I'm not going to be home. So we're shooting for Thursday night. Hopefully, if we can mm-hmm. help Leon's team out there. And yeah, man, it, it, it'll be appreciated. Absolutely. The catch all of our other shows. Uh, you, Jacob, previously doing double duty tonight it's on fun. Audible AFC East episode football life. Uh, Dong City Wednesday nights uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, and Workshop Wrestling Podcast Thursday nights 8 p.m. Money in the Bank. Somebody's back in town. You can't see him. What? But, uh, yeah, that's what I said. Mm-hmm. I'm not playing the sound, but uh, Leon oh, mentioned my song. Leon mentioned <laughs> reminiscing, so th- this song popped in my head. I love it. But due to yeah, copyright infringement, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't pay royalties. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. That's my song, that's my song right there. Do not own this song, but we will play it on mute. Uh, yeah. for the video version. I don't think do that either. I'm sorry, what? You can't do that either? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. Uh, what if it's for educational purposes? That's right. Uh, well, here's your hip-hop uh, history lesson for tonight. Yeah. That's how we, that's how we do it in the 90s. <laughs> ah, by God. <laughs> All right, then I'll stop then because I don't want to get sued. Uh, word. <laughs> I can't afford but, that shit. <laughs> no. But uh, this is another fun episode. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And until next time, everybody, uh, fall out. Fall out. Good night.